you're a beautiful person. I'm your host for the day, Kaylee, and this is the Weekly Patch. Joining me for a cozy episode this week, the ever-informative Spencer. Hi, I, I played a game about dead people. I was going to make a Sixth Sense joke, but it just didn't come to me in time, and then it was gone. I, I was I was thinking of that movie. Couldn't I couldn't think like, of the title. I was like, oh, I'm trying to make a joke related to this movie. It's like I didn't even know the movie. He's over here with the Fifth Sense. Oh, I see God. dead people. He gets it. He gets it. So, I play... Is that supposed to narrow things down? I play a game with dead people. This We're going to talk about it keep you on later. Okay. Right. You're, that's all the hint you get. This is... Jeopardy. You get one hint, and then everyone just has to stare. Alright. Hey. Siger. Hey, what's good? I just drove for eight hours, and I'm feeling great. You're a hater. I love, like, I'm so broken, you know, like, eight hours is a flex. I'm like, ooh. I used oh, no, to drive I eight feel, hours a day for I a living. I feel awful. I'm just <laughs> prepping myself for the podcast. There's a way that you smell when you've been in a car for eight hours that is indescribable. <laughs> Only people who have been in a car for eight hours are shaking their head furiously in agreement in right now. That's the smell. All right. Well, that's it this week. You might have noticed I didn't introduce Jordan. It's because Jordan is both responsible and cool. And they received their second round of, I believe, the Pfizer vaccine because they kept saying it was the good one. You know, I think that's the highest efficacy rate is Pfizer. They got their second vaccine dosage, and um, you should get your vaccine. Very important, but it did make them very sleepy and their arm hurt. So they've just been kind of out of it today. And, you know, we've got so much news this week that, honestly, we're probably still going to be running through it. So I'm not too worried about it. And since I'm not too worried about it, I guess no one's worried about it. So fuck it. We're going to move into a brand new segment. Sneak it in. All Jordan's away, because we're all little mice, and we're going to play. This is getting weird. I, I didn't want to rhyme, but then I saw the opportunity, and I just couldn't resist. But then I got afraid that I was going to like not be able to stop speaking in like weird iambic pentameter. Anyways, our new segment this week is one that you hopefully will not be seeing very often, which sounds kind of weird to say, but it is the hot fix. The hot fix is the segment where... You know, we're basically infallible, but basically is the, what's that for? Operative word. You know, we're basically infallible, but basically is the operative word in that sentence. Like, so sometimes either a slip of the tongue or just being loudly wrong, we say some oopsie doodles. And so we're just going to lampshade them here and make sure you guys don't make those mistakes in the future with these quick hot fixes. Uh, the Voltage Otome game with the Black Foxes, Kaylee couldn't think of on episode two of the Weekly Patch, was Love Letters from Thiefax. So that 10 minutes of hemming and hawing, uh, Love Letters from Thiefax was the title of that show, or that video game. Uh, Kaylee also, in episode three, <laughs> weird, she's on here a lot, what a dumb bitch, is she? Uh, Referred to the Australian developer of L.A. Noir as Studio Bondi with an intense amount of confidence. It's a Team Bondi, and it's pronounced Bondi. It's not Bondi. Like, Bondi, which, to be fair, Bondi, B-O-N-D-A-I, 
is a lot you know, is important is the name that's on your brain and the weirdest part is i can't I, I you can't you have no reason to believe me but i promise you that i always in my head read it as bondi but if you asked me to spell it i spelled it b-o-n-d-i i just always i don't know why i thought it was b-o-n-d-i bondi like i don't i don't know but it's not studio, it's team. But also it's dead because there is no teamwork to be had there. So fuck it. Good uh, riddance. Three, uh, Spencer said GTA 5 came out in 2003. It was 2013. Both make me feel 100, though, because that was almost a decade ago. Yeah. Sit on that one. Gross. Anyways, that's going to do it for the hot fix. Uh, we have, as you can see, uh, mostly slips of the tongue. Uh, sometimes Keely, yeah, I don't really, I, I don't have a defense, okay? I just got confused. Shut up. It's time for the scrum. I don't have to answer to you people. We have a lot on our plates this week. Um, uh, some, some real quick little not so important news bulletins, some life-changing occurrences. We're going to go through... Almost all of it, but, you know, the, the cream of the crop, the stuff that you need to know. Uh, starting with free shit. Sony's Play at Home initiative, no PS Plus required, is handing out some free games. Now, Sony's PS Plus, you know, gives you free games each month in a kind of, at this point, competition with Xbox Game Pass. Um, it used to be a pretty one one, but now Game Pass is just... Uh, what's the phrase with the deck? Filling the deck. Stacking the deck? Stacking the deck. Jesus, what is... I can't think of a single colloquialism today. I can think of one half to one third of any given colloquialism today. I don't know what is happening to me. But... (laughs) I don't know how the edit's gonna play, but if it sounds like I'm nailing all of these, then just assume that this is all a bit, (laughs) because... Oof. Uh, Xbox is stacking the deck. But these are actually pretty decent games. So, Play at Home is giving you Abzu, Enter the Gungeon, which Gungeon is still one of my favorite words, Res Infinite, Subnautica, The Witness, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition, the Ratchet & Clank remake that came out a couple years back, and then... Four VR games, including Astrobot Rescue Mission, one of the top VR games. Moss, like, again, one of the most critically acclaimed VR games. Thumper, which is like a, if rhythm games could be Dark Souls games. And uh, Paper Beast, which is your classic, beautiful, cool indie VR experience. All for free. That's pretty cool of them. Very dope. It is important to note that both Thumper and Paper Beast can be played without VR, even though you get the VR title with the whole stay-at-home initiative. That is important to note. Thank you. So that was pretty nice of them. Uh, In the exact opposite of of that news, Cyberpunk, the greatest prank in video games, is going to try really hard to get back to meeting the basic functionality to be listed on the PlayStation Store with patch 1.2. That's right. Two patches in, maybe they'll qualify to get placed back on the PlayStation Store. I don't know if you guys read through all the patch notes that they had, but one of their big fixes 
is fixing the cop AI to where instead of having it spawn immediately behind you, they're going to spawn a little further back. No, that no, was... see, that's actually not even the patch. Instead of them spawning immediately behind you, a police drone spawns immediately behind you, and the cops spawn out of nowhere slightly farther back than they used to. The cop AI in this game is the worst part of this game. Literally Honestly, the worst part of this. Keep the cop AI terrible. Make everyone fucking hate cops. Like this is a this would be the most cyberpunk thing cyberpunk could do. If they just treat like finally everyone just gets this weird subconscious anger whenever they see a police officer, fuck yeah. Cause the people still playing Cyberpunk at this point, like you have a 50-50 chance of having to inform them ACAB, you know? Like some just really hate themselves and some are like, this is great. I will be going back once it's out. To you. I know. That's why I said 50-50. Cause I'm like, to play. I feel like half of them are Spencer. <laughs> yeah, to finish finish it after it crashed and died like I don't know 15 times in like 3 hours of playing it. That's why I said some people just hate themselves and (laughs) the other ones are like no this has to be good because it triggers the libs. So like that's your your player base at this point. Here's something it's playable. In non-news news uh how do I want to play this actually? Like we talk a lot about mods on here. So, like, one of the things that I didn't catch at first with all of this cyberpunk news is, like, the game's not on the PlayStation Store. The game has been out and has, at this point, been delisted three times longer than it was listed. Because it was listed for a month, and it's been out for at least four. Because it was end of November. Yep. So now, well, I guess it's end of March, so I was going to be nice. But really, it's, like, five months, right? Yeah, Maybe it's technically four. only been on the PSN for two weeks before mm-hmm. they pulled yeah. it. Right. So that's that's how long they've had to get it to, to well, PlayStation will at least put it on their store levels. I, if, if any of you have played a Bethesda game on PlayStation, you know the, what the bar is for getting a functioning game, quote unquote, for PlayStation standards. They haven't been able to manage that. But what I didn't catch is that a lot of the bugs and problems, which I guess should be a no-brainer, but a lot of the bugs and problems the game has been having have been already patched out by mods <laughs> the cherry on top as noted by Forbes Paul Tassie quote another common thing players note is that many of the problems CDPR is addressing have already been solved by modders for weeks or months now so if you're really invested in these types of changes you already have access to them on PC plus bonus fun stuff like new cosmetics or cyberware so at this point, Cyberpunk's launch has been botched so hard that they have essentially just given up PS4 and PS5 sales. Like, at best, those people who were waiting for PS4 or PS5 have just bought it on PC at this point, if they were going to get it. Like, I'm sure if patch 1.9 makes a functioning game, there'll be a couple more people to play it. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. we'll be wrong. But this is looking a hell of a lot more anthem than it is No Man's Sky. I'm very, I'm very curious to see what the day one sales are when it goes back on the PSN at what some point in maybe a year. <laughs> I mean, is you have to point? think that Sony's going to be super careful about it too, right? Like, right. So it's not just their like normal like. Skyrim crashes when you like scream at a dragon the wrong way or whatever. It's like 
it's got to be like to a higher standard to even get back because like they burned him pretty bad on it. Yeah, that's very true. That's super true too. Yeah, it's just it's so weird. I was just watching a like a documentary type YouTube video about the cyberpunk launch, and you know it's it's just exactly what you think. It's a bunch of like the main goal with cyberpunk was to get as many copies sold as possible, regardless of like the, the main goal. Period. Not the main goal for sales. The main goal, like from top to bottom, the main goal was we have to sell as many copies as possible. Not we have to make a great game. Not we're trying to accomplish X in a game. Not anything beyond this number has to be big. And so the plan from the top was this game has to come out before the PS5 and Xbox One X launch so that people will buy it on PS4 and Xbox One. And then once the One X and PS5 launch, we can release it again and double dip. That was the plan from for the entire time. When the programmers who had been working on this game, you know, as uh, Witcher development was winding down, obviously, you know, people start working on Cyberpunk. You know, Cyberpunk had been in development for a little bit. When they were informed that the target release date was April 2020, they thought it was a joke because their thinnest estimate for the release of Cyberpunk 2077 at that point was 2022. At the earliest, which still would have been roughly the same development length as The Witcher. A lot of people don't realize that either. This game got four years of development. The Witcher 3 got five. And The Witcher 3 was much smaller in scale. So it was a far larger in scale game with less development time, specifically so that they could double dip the sales so that it would come out on Xbox One, which is the real gag about when it came out. They were like, oh, it doesn't really play well on PS4 or Xbox One, but that's because it was like, it was so, they didn't have an excuse for why it wasn't just a next-gen game. It clearly couldn't run on last-gen consoles. You clearly needed more, like, two more years with it. Like, it wasn't going to be a launch next-gen game. This was going to be a, like, two, three years in there's an established console base next-gen game. And instead, they were like, no, it's really important to us that we double dip. And that's why Cyberpunk is as fucked as it was. The actual people working on the game knew the entire time. From the moment they heard the first deadline, they knew there was no fucking way that this game could be made. And the higher-ups were just like, we did it, but like they were like, gumption will win. We flew by the seat of our pants with the Witcher, and we were so plucky, it came together in the end. We thought that was impossible. Like, they did that a lot, that, like, toxic positivity. That, like, no, guys, we can rally together with the power of friendship and make cyberpunk a technical feat. Like, that's not... Ed Woods could not love directing enough to be a good director. Like the power of the of heart can only get you so far when it comes to actual technical products. I also think that Cyberpunk was probably always going to have a rougher launch than everybody expected because The Witcher 3 was a game that people came to late. Very like, late, yeah. There were not a lot of like there were people playing at launch, but like it was definitely a game of like it blew up yeah game develop like games media and like people streaming were like this game's great like like i had a it didn't have the media beforehand there was no expectations they never had to deal with people expecting the game to be good they got like a surprise hit after it came out 
which means they got all the benefits without having to go through the stress of having the press's eye on you the entire time you're developing a game. And, like, that game, by the time, like, the majority of people got to it, had had lots of patches and fixes. Like, I had to put the game down for six months at launch because I got to within four or five hours of the end and the quest line was broken and there was nothing I could do until they patched it. Like, that game was broken, too. Like, they always have made... My copy's unplayable. Yeah, I have a launch copy of that game. The disc is perfectly clean. I've shown Zyre. Like, there's not a piece, piece of dust, not a speck, nothing on it. And when I install that onto... I've tried it on my PS4 and Zyre's. If I install that game on a PS4, it will not function without at least seven minutes of loading for anything. When you talk... when you click on someone to talk to them three minutes of loading when you click a dialogue choice two minutes of loading to transition to Geralt saying the line then another three minutes of loading to the response then another two minutes of loading for your next dialogue choices like it's unplayable and everyone just keeps telling me just buy the game again just buy a second copy of the game why doesn't this one work it's a disc it's, it's the fish hook thing. You buy a second what? game to get to the first game working again. Right? Like, why the fuck does this game not work? I don't understand. Bizarre. It is because I did the same thing. I didn't play the game right away. Now, now that you're saying that, now that I think about it, I didn't play the game right away. I did. I had to wait a week or two because I was so obsessed with Dragon Age. Dragon Age had come out the previous November, and I had been playing it and playing it and playing it, and I had started another Dragon Age storyline like a week before Witcher came out because I thought that I'd be able to beat it. And then I was like, nah, I'm going to 100% this storyline. So I did not beat it in a week. And then like three weeks later, I was like, okay, let me let me go back to The Witcher. And uh, and I didn't have tons of problems. So loading screens, I don't know if people remember the fucking, when you boot up The Witcher, even when it ran fine, because I played about 50 hours of The Witcher, and then um, that was on my boyfriend's PlayStation. We broke up, I moved across country, I bought a new PlayStation. Game wouldn't work in it. When I moved to Zyger and had a second PlayStation, I was like, golly gee, I'll give it a go game wouldn't work in it so like that's my experience with the game but i did play about 50 hours of it and it did work and the only big issue i had i didn't have any glitches or bugs or things like that but when you boot up that game it was at least five minutes of loading you would just open it and there was that like illustrated scene with like one line of narration about like where you were in the story to that point and then it would just sit there for minutes every single time no matter how far or soon into the game you were it was a like a loading process every single time. Like, it was a running joke whenever I'd play it. It's like you had to preheat the game. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the latest uh, in the cyberpunk saga, which I love because it's hilarious to me. As All it right. should be. In much quicker news, uh, Gotham Knights was delayed to 2020, which was news to the three people that still thought that was going to see a 2021 release. I forgot that game existed. I did too. They spent six years spoon feeding when everyone knew what it was from the first clue. And then by clue nine, everyone was like, okay, this is bored. Like, there's foreplay and then there's whatever the fuck this is. And then they were like, 
well, remember how we did the Arkham Knight and you guys all thought it was Red Hood? We were like, no, it's not Red Hood. It's a new character called Arkham Knight. And then you guys played it and it was Jason Todd under the Arkham Knight mask. And we were like, ha, got you. Jason Todd the whole time. And you guys were like, no, dude, we all... We, we all guessed that from the first trailer. We, you just, you just, why did you name him Nark Arkham Knight? You could have just called him Red Hood and made it like Batman versus Red Hood. That would have been awesome. What, what was the point of Arkham? Well, guess what, bitches? Arkham Knights, which is definitely not Court of Owls at all. Ignore all of the obvious Court of Owls symbolism. This is not Court of Owls, the video game. I don't know why you thought that'd be a cool marketing feature. Who thinks Court of Owls is cool? There's no bat tank in this, is there? I hope so. You Not like that it? we know of. As far I as love the concept of the phrase bat tank. It plays like it plays like trash. It's the worst. It's so it's funny. It's the worst. There's literally the part like you think the game's going to end in Arkham Knight. And then it's like, nope, you got to get back in the bat tank. And I'm like, actually, I don't. And deleted it off my PS4. I was like, I am done. My ex was so obsessed with Arkham Knight. He bought every single DLC pack of all of the different uh, family members. He played every ounce of that game. He did all of the tank stuff. He got every Riddler. He just really fucked. Like, we were big comic people to begin with. And we were both big DC people to begin with. So most of it was just, like, getting to be Batman. He just, you know, as long as he could live in that world where he's Batman, he'd spend all fucking day in it, you know? Uh, so I saw so much tank battle. It's fun to watch. The tank stuff is very fun to watch. He was pretty good at it. So I don't know. It was fun to watch. I had a great time. I didn't like turning Like, I don't, I love the Riddler. That's my dude. Um, I didn't like turning the Riddler into like the race car guy. Cause I don't like race car shit in like, that's the one mini game I never want to do in any JRPG is the race shit. Not JRPG. Cause it's in the Witcher too. Um, and RPGs yeah. in general. RPGs, right? Like, it's just an RPG thing, but, like, there's always, like, that racing bit, whether it's horses or wagons or dogs or tokabos or whatever the fuck it is. I don't want to do it. I don't want to race. If I wanted to race, I'd be playing Mario Kart. Like, is this as fun as Mario Kart? Then I don't want to play it. Like, that's just, that's just how I feel about racing minigames. Stop it. And so turning the Riddler into the minigame that I'm always just, like, (sighs) about bummed me out. I did have love his little outfit, though. I'm a little car greaser guy. That was a good outfit. I like the Riddler. But yeah, that's obviously it's gonna be 2020. Obviously it's gonna be 2022. Like at this point, anything that's getting delayed to 2022, that's a delay that this game was probably going to be delayed. I still don't think we've gotten to the pandemic delays, if that makes sense. I like, I feel like, like this game was going to, like, if the pandemic didn't happen and they had a whole 2020 to just work on it, this game wasn't coming out in 2021. But, so I think this game, probably 2023, 24. Like, it'd be early 24, so I could see more, like, holidays 23. But I don't think this is a pandemic delay, which means that there's either going to be a hell of a lot of crunch. That's what's happen with all big games, is either there's going to be a hell of a lot of crunch or there's going to be a pandemic delay period at least six months because even if they worked through the pandemic there was at least three to four months of learning how to work from home everybody remotely forever no team meetings to like you know because you can get away with working from home everybody has probably learned this throughout the pandemic but you can usually get away with working from home for like a week or you know if like you if you randomly would take like a work from home day normally like you you went into the office four days but you worked from home 
you know, one or whatever, you know, the difference between having one team meeting a month and having zero is huge. <laughs> and there's also and so, the like technical, ver- like the technical the technology of like a lot of stuff gets processed like in a cloud and like how do you do that in a way from someone's house that's secure so that like people aren't like hacking in and stealing assets from people's games because like someone doesn't have their like wi-fi connection secure right so like that's absolutely a great point 100 it's not as simple like that's what people think everyone's like well it's just in the cloud so just log in it's like yeah but that's like your home wi-fi connection is not as secure as like sony santa monica's wi-fi where they're making the concept art for the next god of war game because that shit people want to steal like hackers pe- want people that have hacking. they stole uncharted data from uh not yeah <laughs> right like the like, amazon servers and whatnot uh, i mean didn't they do got that hacked for last week last of that's us right also yes they yes. needed like a whole chunk of the last of us too everyone was talking about the last of us 2 plot and trying to analyze it from the chunks that they stole and so when it came out there was all these talk of like what was different from the leaks and that was its own like subgenre of last of us talk yeah so that's another great point where like you have to factor in at least six months for any release date that came out prior to 2020. And I don't think companies, like, just like companies didn't want to recognize that work from home wasn't going to be, like, a two, three-month thing. Like, they didn't realize, like, when companies were first transitioning everyone to work from home, it was supposed to be for, like, two months. And so they, the first time that they transitioned up, transitioned the first time they transitioned everything they weren't transitioning with a long-term mindset so there was actually two transitions there was an initial temporary transition and then there was another okay now let's take in what we've learned let's accept that this is going to be a long-term thing and different companies came to that second transition at different times depending like some companies might still be fighting that second transition and like no 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 there's a vaccine everything's fine like we just we just keep plowing through it's it's chill we're almost to the end like you know and that shit is really gonna cause fucked up delays because that type of mentality especially means that they're not going to accept that they have to delay the game until even later which is why next year you're gonna see a lot of delays we've seen a couple this year i think we're still pretty early in the year for covid related delays but when you start getting like we talked last week we were looking through the list of games that were supposed to come out this year and half of the games that were supposed to come out this year are just no comment there's no uh tales of uh tales of arise hasn't been announced to be delayed but that's not coming out this year. Final Fantasy 16 has not been announced to be delayed, but that's not coming out this year. Again, all of these love to be wrong. When they get release dates, I'm a hot fix the shit out of this. Uh, you know, not mad at playing them this year, but realistically, we have not yet gotten to the point where developers are honest about the delays that COVID has caused yet. And that's going to be a big factor. So David Ellis, to make Zyger's day, David Ellis, what does he do? At, senior game developer at um, 343, uh, said he's excited to ship Halo Infinite this year, today. When he talked I read about, about that, yeah. 11th anniversary at... Has 343 Industries been around for 11 years now? Yes, because uh, they shipped... They were a thing during the uh, when Halo Reach released in 2011. <laughs> so I think they were founded in 2010, then, right? And that's 11 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, how you guys are both wrong. It was established 14 years ago in 2007. We are all old and going to die. We're old. 
But also, I was very curious. Wait, to see... 343 Industries is a nerdy loser Halo reference? Yeah, because uh, Guilty Spark. Uh, Guilty Spark 343. Well, this is 343 Guilty Spark, so obviously you're a fake fan, but we all knew that. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone is curious about Guilty Spark's story, you can read Point of Light that just came out. He's still alive. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But also, real quick, I was curious to see how many, like, big titles in 2021 have already been delayed. There are 12. 12 games that have had a release date got delayed at some point already this year. Uh, Outriders, Returnal, New World, Halo Infinite, Riders Republic, <coughs> Gotham Knights, Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, Gran Turismo 7, Hogwarts Legacy, The Lord of the Rings Golem, Pragmata, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time Remake, Vampire, The Masquerade Bloodlines 2, and that's it. So far. That game got canceled. Like let's, be, let's be realistic. That yeah, game got canceled. Bless its heart. Yeah. I mean, crazier things have happened, but <laughs> not many. <laughs> Look, if Duke Nukem can make it, so can Bloodlines. That's right? We live in a world, like, we live in a society where Duke Nukem Forever is a game, The Last Guardian is a game, Final Fantasy XV is a game, and Kojima Studios shipped Death Stranding two years ago, three years ago at this point? Like, Longer than that? Yeah. I remember when it was like... Right? I was like, Death, the the joke, when Kojima Studios first was announced, it was like, oh, Death Stranding, that game's never coming out. Like, that's going to come out in 12 years. And that game has been out for a minute now. Like, so anything's possible. Especially when Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 1 is such a, like, wonkadoo of a crazy story. History itself. You know? Like, it's already a fucking bizarre case of a franchise. So anything's possible. But this game, this game was canceled. They could call whatever comes out Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, but whatever that game was going to be is not... Yeah, no, that game died. It's like yeah. how Fallout 3 came out, but Van Buren is not a game. Van Buren is the prototype Black Isle Studios made of Fallout 3 that has a different storyline than the one that came out because it's a totally different game. There you go. In much nicer news, though, a game did come out. Cozy Grove. Cozy Grove is good and sweet. You should play it. Cozy Grove is, is planned for release on Nintendo Switch, Steam, Epic Game Store, PS4, and Xbox One. But it's out now for Apple Arcade. Spencer is a cool arcader. How cute is this game? It is very cute, and you play with dead people. Um, See? She sees dead people. It's like Animal Crossing, but you have to help bear spirits on their chores to make your <laughs> island bigger. Oh. Now, this game was at one of the bazillion of indie showcases I have seen. Was it not? It was. Was it I think at a it was... Switch Direct or a... I can't remember. It was at a Switch Direct maybe or maybe a Wholesome Games Direct? One of that doesn't those. sound like something I would watch. It's, it's got to be pretty big for me to watch it. But I remember watching a, uh, a like indie showcase with this game in it, Cozy Grove. And it is so cute. And yeah, it's like, if you were like, man, I wish Animal Crossing was like cool and goth. Then An anti-capitalist. And explicitly anti-capitalist. 
Yes. Also, it's a good chance for me to talk about uh, Apple Arcade, which is surprisingly like a really good deal in video games. It's like five bucks a month, and I've now played like three or four games. And also, you get like if you bought a new iPhone, I think you get a year of it like free when you upgrade your iPhone because that's what they do. like. You've already been playing. I I it's weird because I've been watching you play, and then I've been trying to like half watch you play because Spencer's been playing Worlds and Club on Apple Arcade, and I'm trying to wait for the Switch version, but. She's honestly tempting the shit out of me to just play it on my iPad because it looks so cute and fun. I never got into Danganronpa oh, because I didn't like the idea of being sad about people. Like, they're kids. I don't like watching kids die. I don't know. I'm old-fashioned like that. And, like, a lot of times they'd be, like, characters that I, like, I liked their the look of them. Like, the cut of their jib. And then they just die horrifically. And I'm just weak and I don't like shit like that. I just want everyone to be okay. I like it when it's just pretend. So, like, World's End Club maybe is going to burn me super hard, but it looks like all the things I like about Danganronpa, but, like, less child murder? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> I think it might get child murdery. Cause oh, like, God. Yeah. I think it might. What is with the Danganronpa guys and child murder? I mean, well, the other guy who did it was 999, and that's, like, the same Teenage thing. Saw, right? Yeah, like- the, both of them. That's what it is. It's, like, this weird, like, the Battle Royale vibe, where it's, like, what if we just have, like, young people go through hell because God hates them? <laughs> like, oh, God. Anime Saw is just as scary as you think it'd be. So, I just want to put it out there. Kaylee got a new iPad in December. She might have a couple free months of Apple Arcade. That's what I was thinking when soon as Spencer said that. I was like, I just got a new Apple product. Maybe I could play it right now. Um, we're going to put a link in the show notes about the uh, story-heavy focus of Cozy, Cro- uh, Cozy Grove that Animal Crossing can sometimes lack and how the creators are explicitly anti-capitalist and went out of their way to make Cozy Grove an anti-capitalist version of Animal Crossing because they found the whole, like, Tom Nook's this dude that forces you into deep, deep debt and digging yourself out of debt is gameplay. was a little, like, oof for millennials, you know? Sometimes things are a little too real, even if it's a cute tanuki. So, Cozy Grove, ironically, feels a little bit less soul-sucking, even though it's got little ghosty guys. And it's really good at gating you off of, like, where, like, Animal Crossing will just let you grind forever in the, like, world where you will just spend hundreds of hours just, like, shaking trees and catching fish. This is, like, you do your stuff and then, like, it's pretty much, like, done and it'll take, like, multiple days, like, for some quests to like gather all the things you need for that so you can't just like get time sucked into the game which is very surprising for a video game like normally they try to be time vampires but this one kind of i feel like it tries to be a time vampire in a different way because yeah so cozy grove is like animal crossing in the sense that it's a real-time game and shit happens in real time and so like with animal crossing if you want to go to the shop and it's closed and it opens at 7 p.m. You gotta wait till 7 p.m. your time in the real world to go to the fucking shop. Uh, stuff like that. So this has the same concept. But <coughs> what I mean when I say I think it's a an energy vampire or a time vampire 
in a different way is in in most games they most teams are like time vampires and they want you to just like do nothing but play that game but unless it's a game that has a model of like free to play or like loot boxes and things like that um it has to either be like there it's finite like they'll, they'll want you to play it the whole time for like a month and then that's that's usually it until there's DLC or something like that because this isn't the type of game that is a what is it game as service god yeah game as a service. You know, if it's not a game as service then if it's going to be a time vampire it's going to be like let me get all of your blood like all of your time for the next two months and then nothing until DLC or a sequel but this one is a game where it's kind of like Animal Crossing is supposed to be played quote unquote supposed to be um because i say quote unquote so you play games to everyone i play games it makes you happy whatever like i don't have any hard feelings towards people that time skip or don't time skip i also don't really play animal crossing so it's not it'd be weird if i had strong opinions but you know so i don't know if spencer has strong opinions so she i may, do she i don't time right travel now. she does not time travel mm-hmm. see there are strong opinions people here. come in my stream all the time and are like hey well you could just try and travel and i'm like but we don't we don't do that here so my problem with time traveling is my same problem with like putting in a bunch of op mods is i can't do it a little bit like if i'm gonna time travel i end up just time traveling a bunch and then getting all the stuff and then sucking everything out of the game and then like i've done everything and then the game's kind of over whereas how it's supposed quote-unquote to be played is a little bit a day like instead of it being your entire life for two months it's supposed to be like brushing your teeth like it's supposed to be a part of every day for the rest of your life like it is very much a time vampire but it's supposed to be like literally like a habit it's supposed to be a thing where it's like okay i get home from work and i open up cozy grove and i play for like you know 45 minutes and then i close it until tomorrow and some days maybe i play for an hour sometimes maybe it's only 15 minutes because i don't have a lot to do and i'm just waiting for something but like that's it, it it's long term like it wants to be a part of your day which i think is a different experience but like so I have a thing where I take a lot of pride in the fact that I play games that really try to get you to spend money on them without spending money. Like, I have read Otome games that are designed where, like, with chapters that refresh every day and shit. And I have gotten through the entire story, gotten the happy ending, and not spent a dime on multiple apps. I pr- I'm like that person. Like, I can play peekaboo with the baby till the baby gets bored. It's a point of pride. Like, <laughs> you know, that's me as a person. So... I'm even, like, I'm the perfect, like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to spend the money. And those type of games, to be able to do that, to not spend the money, you literally just have to go in with the mindset where it's, like, it's just a thing I do. I go in, I read my two chapters, and I just read my two chapters a day, and that's all I do. And they try to get you by leaving lots of, like, cliffhangers and stuff like that. So you're, like, well, maybe today I'll spend a couple dollars on a couple more chapters But then you do that, and a couple more chapters later, there's another fucking cliffhanger. And then you're like, well, shit, I already paid to get the end of that cliffhanger, and that's how they try to get you. So you can't do it. You can't do it at all. You have to be firm. You have to go, no. I will find out the cliffhanger when I make my coffee tomorrow, because I make my coffee, I read my two chapters, and that is it. That is my day. (laughs) Like, And that's how you kind of have to think of it, is where like it's a thing that you like incorporate into your routine, as opposed to like a game you play until you beat it. Is that hidden? Is accurate? Correct. That is very accurate. 
I think people when they were talking about Animal Crossing compared it a lot to like Harvest Moon and stuff. And so for me, I think that led to my experience with Animal Crossing being a little bit more disappointing because I realized I was like, wait a minute. I've done it. Like the first day Animal Crossing came out, there was so much stuff to do. I could play for hours. And then I was like, oh, I, I think I'm kind of at a place where I'm like, I'm kind of done with what I can do for today. And the next day I could play for like a few hours and then I ran out of stuff to do a bit faster, but it's okay. Cause I can finally grind some. And so then I spent some hours grinding. And then the third day there was a lot less to do. And I spent way more time grinding and I played for about two weeks. And that ratio kept like, if I wanted to play for four hours, because I like to play games for like hours at a time. Like, the amount of the, those four hours spent grinding kept being a higher percentage because that's just, the game's not meant to be played for four hours every day. You know, you could get away with that at the beginning where there's tons of new stuff to introduce to you to and tons of, you know, whatever. But as you keep playing, it's it slowly becomes obvious that it's like, no, no, no. This is a game meant to be played a little bit every day for the rest of your life until you die. <laughs> this is a Tamagotchi. This is... So I do think that, like... If I had known that going in, I would have gone in with a different mindset and I would have gone in more with that, like, this is an Otome game I'm not paying for mindset as opposed to, like, this is, like, Harvest Moon where I want to, like, max out as soon as possible. And then I was, like, trying to race. And that's the thing, too, is I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, me and all my friends are playing and I can see, oh, they just got the basement. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I I personally don't time travel either. I, I didn't time travel because... I would see my friends and then all of a sudden I could see the friends that were time traveling getting way far ahead of me and like having all this stuff and like their stuff was all much way cooler and it made me feel like my my island was like dinky and lame and I was and like it made me want to share less like oh well you guys all saw this stuff like a long time ago like I got lucky my birthday is March 26th so the you had like, to be birthday one of the first event- birthdays yeah I did exactly that's the thing is like I got one of the first birthdays because even people who time traveled their birthdays I guess are so far away that they just hadn't stumbled upon it and so, like, I got, I did have a lot of fun with the birthday, and I, I stopped playing at the beginning of, of April, which I think is about two weeks after it came out. Um, but I had a, the birthday thing really, like, reinvigorated me, and uh, I started having fun, and I drifted off by the egg event. I'm sorry. But, yeah, yeah that's my first Animal Crossing. Zipper T. Bunny's going to be back, though. He's coming back in April. It just, it, it, it the fun back? got sucked out when people were, like, time skipping and then like flexing all their shit and i was like well i could either cheat so i could keep up with them but then that kind of kills the fun because then it doesn't feel like i earn- like it feels hollow to like get the stuff because you fast forward it it's like oh i didn't work for this per se like i don't know it made me feel like i worked less it's the same i feeling i'd have when i would like mod in really powerful equipment and then just kill all of the really hard bad guys in fallout or whatever it's like oh well it doesn't really feel like yeah i killed the bad guy it feels like Okay, I cheated. See the end of the game. The end. It just it didn't feel as good for me. So I don't know. But my good thing with Cozy Grove is now I know, so I can go into Cozy Grove with the right mindset. So I'm very curious if that means that it's going to be a different experience than Animal Crossing. It's like a science experiment. Yes. Okay. Now, that was a lot. Sorry. Uh, in much quicker news, we got a, we got a couple shorties coming out. So, continuing, Evo is a first party tournament now. Uh, Evo, if those of you who don't know, is a huge fighting game tournament that has been around forever. It is the it is the Super Bowl of video game tournaments. It is 
just the it is the capital T 300 E's fighting game tournament and there's been situations where they flirted with Sony before uh Capcom Cup Capcom Cup something like I said that with G's that was weird I don't know Capcom Cup oh isn't that how it works in Korean where G's and um the K sound because it's like the gomi jewel or the kill jewel oh okay I think you're right yeah and kimchi can also be pronounced kimchi like the g and the k so okay that that is natural okay fuck everybody that wasn't weird all right um so evo is the premier fighting game tournament it is the coolest like if you do well in evo that's the big leagues that's the it's the ufc to every other tournament's strike force and bellator like it's just it's the big leagues a couple years ago, when PSX was still a thing, um, the PlayStation Expo that I don't know why they stopped doing. Is there a reason they stopped doing PSX? I loved PSX; it was a great time. I had a lot of fun every year. They have not I given a reason it. why they stopped. I can't. Like... They became the number one video game console sold. That's what it feels like. It was like they were doing all this really great customer stuff, and then once they actually beat. Xbox 360 with the PS3 and then the PS4 launch was such a success and then the PS4 and Xbox One were tied for a while and then they started pulling away and then all of a sudden all the cool customer stuff that they were doing like the E3 experience, the PlayStation E3 experience, I went to every single one. I loved them. They were amazing. They're one of the reasons why when people talk about not doing E3 anymore, I think about not being able to do that anymore and I get really sad but also they haven't done that anymore. So I guess fuck E3. But like that was so much fun. It got me so hyped and just like being, you know, it it, it was such a good smart brand thing. They fucking announced Fortnite at PSX. Like when it was a ba- when it wasn't a battle royale. When Fortnite was a game where it's like, oh, you build and you fight and it's that's the hook and no, they're also going to do this free-to-play battle royale thing, but, like, this is the game, Fortnite. Like, I remember that PSX keynote. Like, it's crazy. But at one of the PSXs, Capcom Cup was there. Capcom Cup was a big deal because it was a qualifier for EVO. Like, it was an opening act for EVO, and it made the PSX End Night showpiece. Like, that's how big a deal EVO is. And that's also where PS- where PlayStation and the fighting game community especially and EVO have intertwined before. Uh, PlayStation obviously got uh, solo rights to Street Fighter V when they helped fund it. So there's definitely been a lot of intermingling between PlayStation and the fighting game community. So... If this was announced five years ago, I would honestly be really excited because if this was announced when they were still doing PSX and it could mean like more qualifier tournaments at PSX for like you could enter, you could have like a, imagine if you pay like 50 bucks to go to PSX, but you could pay a hundred bucks and also enter, you know, one tournament of like whatever game you want or like, you know, you could then be like a competitor badge and you could enter the tournaments for X amount of money, you know, shit like that. Where, and then, like, that could be, like, a road to Evo qualifier for plebs. You know, like, it could like, could have been so cool. If they were still doing things like that and they were doing that level of community engagement, I would be super stoked. The optimist in me is seeing this as, like, 
a sign that they're realizing that Xbox is killing it on customer engagement and they have to start, you know, probably like break glass in case of who's the guy that was in all the commercials. Uh, that white doughy boy that looks like Jim Gaffigan. I mm. He was in all the PlayStation commercials in the PlayStation 3 era. And oh. Just, you know who the fuck I'm talking about. He's a white guy with blonde hair. Spencer, don't laugh at me. You tell me his name. And he was in, oh, his, and like the commercials were about his name, which is why I can't think of what the commercials were. Kevin Butler. Is it Michael? No. Is it Kevin Butler? Yeah, it's Kevin Butler. Yeah, it's Kevin Butler. Don't put, um, Stop Kevin Butler a is a fix. fake person. Kevin Butler, portrayed by Jerry Lambert. Sorry, I called you Jim Gaffigan, Jerry Lambert, but Jim Gaffigan's very funny. You're welcome. But From Kevin Chesterton, Butler. Indiana. See, it all checks out. It all comes full circle. Okay. See, Kevin Butler, everyone loved. He was fun. He was on the stage D3. Everyone had a great time. You, he had the kid from Step Brothers in a commercial. Um, oh, yeah. And then he did a Bridgestone cut. Uh, that's what it is. He did a Bridgestone tire commercial. And they were like, you can't be yourself in another commercial. And that's why PlayStation stopped working with him. So, like, yeah, you should probably be nice to him. But they really need to bring back that era of PlayStation customer appeal if they want to survive this generation because PlayStation 5 and Xbox One Series X have been out for the same amount of time. And I've heard the positive and negative versions of this, but from what I see online, the only one consistently taking heat for them not being available is PlayStation. I see so many people angry that PS5 is not widely available, and I see so few people bitching they can't get an Xbox One Series X. Like, I don't know if that's just me and the people I follow. It could totally be just, like, a a bias of followers, but when shit is trending, it's always like, PS5s are back in stock. And I I tweeted out a couple weeks ago, I was like, does Xbox One just not go back in stock? Why is it never trending when Xbox is back in stock? Like, you know... But it's always back in stock, and there's always that, like, and then it immediately gets sold out, and then five people are happy they got one, and 5,000 people are furious that they missed out on it again. And so it's just, like, they're breeding this really, really strong bad will, but I don't see that bad will coming for Xbox 2, which tells me that, like, the, the masses are turning on Sony in terms of, like, what they're willing to put up with. We're going to talk about this more in the free play. Um, but I think it has a lot to do with Xbox's ecosystem right now. Like, if you have an Xbox Series X, you can play all the games that are coming out and, like, they're not, like, a bad quality or, like, an inferior quality of game, right? And, like, so I think there's less of an urgency from, like, Xbox, but, like, we're trying to get both consoles right now, right? in this house i'm trying to get a ps5 my partner's trying to get a xbox the xboxes sell out just as quick like yeah absolutely you do they're like it's like wild to get those two right why are people not angry that but that's the question why are people not as angry at at microsoft why is it not like because people just random tweeting like Sony really needs to get their shit together with the supply line for the playstation and i'm like because there's no game gated behind it right there's no like there's no game gated behind it. 
Like, but at, like we played Yakuza Seven on Xbox One, just regular whatever. Yeah. Um, and it had long load times. It was slow. It was definitely creaky. And then people playing it on Xbox One Series X. They were like, oh, no, no load times. It was great. It was a breeze. It was perfect. It was great. So even these even these games that you can... Like, I challenge the idea that the games that you play on the Xbox One that are made for Series X... Oh, I, I see what you only, mean. Do you understand what Like, like... Even the games that you can play on the old Xboxes, if they're made for the Series X... They don't feel great on the old Xbox, in my experience. But I think that you're also... But that, as I'm saying this, I realize, like, you are also right in the sense that I think that PlayStation has been like, well, the PS5's out now, so time to, like, start focusing on new gen and talk about the new stuff and start releasing things only on the new generation. Whereas Xbox has been like, you really have to pay attention to realize they launched a new console when they market stuff. And I think that maybe I'm wrong. Because it's leading to Xbox not having the bad, the ill will that Sony's getting. But to me, if Xbox wasn't going to act like they released a new console, why did they release this console this year? Like, it, if if it doesn't matter if you have a Series X, why did you release the Series X now then? Is, I guess, the question I keep having for Xbox. Like, it's just, I don't get... Like, what? Yeah, I think it's more of a matter of, like, demand. Because, like, we all know that the PS4 outsold Xbox, like, at least 5 to 1. There are definitely, in my opinion, there are... Wait, how much has the PS5 sold, or the PS4 sold? Uh, 20-something million, right? No. The Xbox One only sold 5 million? No, that's not right. I don't know. 5 to 1? I was, like, maybe 2 to 1. It, I, I remember an article last year where uh, someone from, I think it was GameSpot, said that it was at least three to one at that point, and that was before the holiday the sales. The global lifetime sales of Xbox One consoles was 48.69 million units in November 2020. And, and it's 114.9 million units for yeah, PlayStation it's 4. Say, so we'll say 115 to We'll say fifty million and give him that, and it's like what two and a third. Yeah, almost um, thirty-one. But uh, the point I'm just making is there are probably more people wanting a PS5 I'm than people saying, wanting an Xbox. I'm just five times more. That's a lot more when you're talking you, about millions. Of you numbers. are correct. You are correct. Absolutely. That's. I like. I I didn't know. I knew how much. I was like. I thought the PlayStation Four sold about as well as the PlayStation. Two, which put it at at least a hundred million. So I was like, the if the uh, PlayStation Four sold a hundred million and the Xbox One sold a fifth of that, I was like, the Xbox One only sold twenty million. That's not good. But no, it sold almost fifty million. So that's better. Because I think PS Three was like what sixty million. I just made that number up. Don't listen to me. What was sixty million? How many? Oh, there's just a list. The Nintendo 64 sold 32.93 million copies. because The Nintendo Switch 4 has sold 79.8 million. So many! 
So okay, the switches. PSP has sold more than the Switch. P- I didn't realize how successful the PSP was. I really, really did not get how successful the PSP was. But the PlayStation Portable sold 80 to 82 million uh, units, which yeah, means you can as hack of right that now. We, right. That's what I found out later. Everyone always said, like, what I found out at first, I only knew one kid in high school who had a PSP and he played uh, Dragon Ball Fighter, the Dragon Ball fighting game on it. And he was the only human being I ever knew that had one. So when I found out that, like, it sold well <laughs> a couple years ago, I was like, who the fuck? Why? And everyone has the exact same response you just did. Everyone immediately goes, because you can it. hack it. Which, I don't know why Sony was so mad you could hack it if it led to sales like that. I, even if the attachment wasn't that great. Because you weren't the buying rate, their, but... like, terrible mini-disc movies, right? Like, that they tried to put out for that thing. <laughs> oh, I forgot they had movies. I... I've owned multiple of those movies, and I forgot all about them. You bought those movies, Zyger. Yeah. The first one I bought was I Got Five on it, which is like a movie about guys trying to get weed. I got five on it. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. Oh. Fuck you, too. <laughs> Next, this was going to be where a story that went viral this week about how investors are pissed. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick gave himself a $200 million bonus after laying off over 50 employees to cut costs the same week. But now it's getting meta. Our original source for this story was a GameSpot article that has since been taken down with no explanations or replacement news pieces. IGN has made no updates or removals to their original report, but GameStop did. Uh-oh. <laughs> IGN has made no updates or removals to their original report, but GameSpot did just get bought out by its own venture capital fund. Hmm. Wayback Machine saw which did GameSpot. And you, listener, can as well. On our show notes. But Blizzard did absolutely lay off its employees, give them a $200 Battle.net gift card as severance, and then pay their CEO a bonus worth more than all of those people's yearly salaries combined. Free honk. When Hard Drive is dunking on you because you guys did something worse than the article that they did making fun of the industry, you've got to stop. You just have it to. It's so good. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, so they laid off roughly 50 people last week. Well, I'm not quite sure when they did it, but it came out last week that they laid off about 50 people. And when, you know, asked why, they reported that they were trying to cut costs because, you know, the pandemic and times are hard and they don't have the money for those 50 people. And then today, Bobby Cota gave himself $200 million this year for doing a super good job. Now, that $200 million divided by the 50 people he fired means that every single one of those people had to have made more than $4 million each to have cost more than $200 million. Event planners don't make millions of dollars. I can confirm that. Fun fact. Yeah, because again, big numbers, like, it sounds kind of stunning to be like, big numbers are hard for people. And like, I get numbers, I can do math. But like, big numbers are genuinely hard for our our wrinkly brains that aren't wrinkly enough to think of what 50 billion tennis balls look like in your head so that 200 million dollars that he just gave himself literally divide that by the 50 people he laid off that's four million dollars for every single person so spencer if you don't mind what look give me a higher what what reasonably do you think the the staff at blizzard that were laid off make on average 
It's got to be under 100,000 because they're not in L.A. They're in Orange County. See, I was thinking about 100,000. Uh, yeah, I was being generous of 100,000. I thought I was being, I thought I was going to be like maybe 115, but I was like, I'll start, let's start my bidding at 100 because I'm a piece of shit. And by that, I mean, I think people deserve to live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably between 75 and 100. I'm going to give them the, so give I'm going to give 100. them the full 100,000. And just, but just hear the hesitation to even go that high. And you know, we're talking before taxes. <laughs> so those 50 people, oh, I divided instead of multiplying. Don't trust me with math. I just did it again. <laughs> don't, I don't want to hear from any of you right now. <laughs> I just realized there's 100,000 times 50. So I could just do that math in my head. <laughs> I was wondering if there was another calculation you were working on that I wasn't seeing. Like, oh, she she's playing 3D chess right now with math. She's doing things I haven't even thought about yet. No. No. It's $5 million. $5 million is the maximum amount this man was was saving for his company. And then he gave himself a $200 million bonus. That, like, he, he gave himself, just himself, for doing such a great job that his company had to lay off people, a bonus that could have had been the salaries of 2,000 people at, at $100,000 each. 2,000 people's salaries was a bonus he gave himself My for favorite only game. having to fire 50 of them. My favorite game to play is um, looking at... How much more the average sal- a CEO of a company makes than the average salary of that like company? Because it's oh, like yes. for the most part like crazy wild, right? It's always like it's a hundred times or two hundred times, and it's like yeah, their executives have to make hard decisions. They make decisions that like affect all the workers underneath them but are they a hundred times more valuable than like the people doing the work to make the product that they sell i don't when i play around with legislation about how you can because you know the 15 dollars minimum wage if we get that past this uh, presidential term will already be not enough to live in half the states like it it took so long to get it that it's no longer a, a a living wage like we should have been pushing for 30 because by the time we get it 30 will be barely enough to make rent but so i think a lot about like what types of legislation you could do that isn't a flat minimum wage subject to things like inflation and i think about legislation that restricts the difference between the lowest paid employee and the highest paid employee at a company and that's where I think it, things get interesting, where the ratio between the lowest paid employee and the highest paid employee needs to be fixed. Where like we tax how you. much, right? Like how it's like much a, more? It's like a spending cap on a like sports team, right? Like they right? had to put all these like caps in so that like people like the Yankees, Jordan's going to be Yankees. mad, but people <laughs> like the Yankees don't come in and are like, well, I- I'm George Steinbrenner. I have millions and hundreds of billions of dollars i just don't care i will spend however much money i need to make a team to win so they had to like try to level i mean like he always shot over the cap anyway but like at least there's a penalty that goes to like teams that that goes into the fund that goes to smaller market teams to like help fund them while they're struggling 
right? Like, like nothing I've played with in terms of like I thought about like tying them in a, like just like basic things that could get done because obviously the silver bullets are always a silver bullet is such a bizarre thing that usually trying to get a silver bullet passed is like really really this one this one neat trick is gonna fix everything. So like in terms of realistic things, I always think like. Tying the minimum wage to inflation helps. But then the, the difference between, like, actual, like, the inflation rate, as you predicted, and the strength of the dollar is a different thing. So then you're like, do you tie it to, like, the S&P somehow? But then I'm like, we need to abolish the stock market. So I, I really, I'm fascinated with the idea of, like, ta- of fixing the ratio of, like, if you're, if your top people make a certain amount of money more than your bottom people... You have and you have leftover profits. You have to give those profits to the bottom people. You don't get to you don't get to give dividends if the ratio between your lowest paid employee and highest paid employee is above a certain thing. And then any dividends go to those lower paid employees until the ratio is fixed from the lowest paid up. Start there. Right. Like we could do whatever we want. Everything's made up. Every single rule and law is literally just some fucks sitting around one day like this, but they didn't have a podcast. That's the only difference. If I wrote this on parchment paper 800 years ago, there would be a religion named after me. (laughs) Just because it's a podcast. Whatever. But that's what's happening in Activision Blizzard right now. Just in case you thought Blizzard had the market cornered on shitty CEOs... The energy drink of a game studio, Riot Games, recommended to themselves that they not have to do anything after investigating themselves whether or not their CEO, Nicola Laurent, did anything wrong when he was a creepy sex pest to the women who worked for him. Aren't they the ones doing the Sinatra investigation yes they are great the, the sinatra investigation, yeah the sinatra investigation where the um actual known public accuser still has not been contacted by riot um that sinatra investigation is headed by the same people who decided that their ceo's many many reports and pending lawsuit which they're trying to push into litigation this week uh are are chill we don't need to like penalize him in any way, or maybe he doesn't get to be the CEO anymore because he's a sex pest or whatever. Nope. Fuck all of you. <laughs> now, I did sneak this one in here. It's probably not quite as important as the rest of the stuff, but uh, it makes me look like a psychic genius. So I think it's important to note that Sony didn't quite buy Stadia, but they did partner up with Tencent and Square Enix to invest in Ubitus their own unpronounceable cloud gaming company. Ubitus? It's like an Ubisoft thing. Ubisoft. That's what I was thinking. I thought it was Ubisoft. Is it Ubisoft or is it Ubisoft? Ubi? Ubi. Ubi. There's like nine ways to pronounce it now. Wait, I'm panicking. Which one's right? It's Ubisoft, isn't it? Ubisoft. I thought it was Ubi. Because I used to say Ubi, and I got corrected multiple times. Yeah, but it's French. Ubi. So it's Ubisoft. Yeah, it's got to be. And so this maybe is because it's like it's is it because it's ubiquitous or is it ubiquitous? It's ubiquitous. Ubiquitous, right? I thought it was ubiquitous. Oh, so like so this is the thing. So it's ubiquitous if it's like Ubisoft, but it's ubiquitous if it's like ubiquitous. So if they're going off the Latin. It's ubiquitous, but if they're going off the French, 
It's Ubidus. So this is just like the Stadia Stadia thing. It's fucking with me so bad. Either way, Sony, Square Enix, and Tencent are partnering together, which that's a terrifying pairing because Tencent's involved. But just Square Enix and Sony fucking around together makes me happy because I'm an RPG whore. But yeah, I don't know. Yubi Ubidus. Tweet, tweet us your phonetic. Ubi? Yubi. I'll make a poll. Issue poll. Ubidus. Ubidus. Uh, this is something I could Google and I refuse to on principle. Anyways. Also, Samsung's a backer, so that's like. Samsung's I mean, getting in there. Everyone's getting a little piece of the Ubi pie. Ubitus. I don't like that. Ubi pie. Ubi pie. Ibi pie. That's bad. All right. Well, so I didn't quite buy Stadia. But looks like old Kaylee is onto something after all. But Microsoft's already way ahead of them in terms of consumer appeal. Is EA Play has now been added to Game Pass on PC, giving Game Pass members just an obscene amount of games now. Just so many. Now they have them. And so, again, this is Game Pass on PC. So this isn't even like Xbox people have access to it. This is if you're a PC player who has had EA Play to play EA games on your PC... And you also have Game Pass. You can get rid of that second doohickey. And now it's all through Game Pass. See? So this is more of a PC gamer news, in my opinion, than it is like an Xbox news. Because this specifically refers to Game Pass on PC. But it's pretty big. I remember people have been... I have been hearing people wondering when EA Play would come to Game Pass. Since Game Pass started collecting... They had a. They had Ubisoft join. Ubisoft. Now I'm. No. Um, they had. Who do they have join with them? They had somebody. No, I think EA <laughs> Play was uh, the first one. They announced that it was going to happen, oh, but, but it hadn't happened on yet. PC? Yeah. Is it on Xbox? Regular Xbox. Yeah, yeah, it's on regular Xbox. So a lot of people were confused because. It's been on Xbox for a while, and it's part of Ultimate. So if you had Ultimate on PC, you also got EA Play. But normal Game Pass on PC didn't have EA Play for some reason. And they that's what got added this past week. That's dumb and confusing. So I've been paying yeah. for, for, for EA Play for double for a while. That's cool. <laughs> right? Apparently, fuck you. So, again, Xbox is doing a lot of... Xbox is doing some consumer-friendly things. Xbox is doing some decidedly non-consumer-friendly things that the people that are excited about Disney becoming a monopoly are excited about in the exact same way. Hello, this Bethesda merger is actually absolutely terrible and horrifying. Um, And then Xbox has been doing things like... the So, the Xbox One, the Xbox One X... And the Xbox One S are all the Xbox One generation, yes. correct? Correct. And the Xbox Series X and the X... I'm sorry. Is it the Xbox Series X or is it the Xbox One Series X? Xbox Series X. There's no one. There's no one. So it's Xbox One X and Xbox Series X and Series S. Yes. Correct. I have to go through this. Every single time I talk, like my brain is just so 
terrified of getting them jumbled up. I always end up being right, but it's always just I'm terrified every time I'm about to talk about one of them. Like, wait, which fucking jumble of letters is this one called? Like, Jesus Christ, guys, you didn't get raked over the coals enough for calling your third console Xbox One. You had to constantly one up yourself from there. You had the Xbox One up yourself. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's gotten to a point where may, the main game industry is just referring it to as the Xbox family instead of trying to differentiate but between the one and. between the, the Xbox One family and the Xbox? Like, the Xbox family is Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. Like, yeah, no, they're counting all of it together as Xbox family because you can play. Because you everything play all from the of past it. on it. And that's yeah. my problem, where it's like Xbox is doing this thing where it's like we're going to make consoles redundant. And I grew up a poor kid who could never dream of owning a PC. I happen to have one now. I'm very aware that's a luxury. Uh, my siblings love their consoles, but they still call me because they don't know that resetting the router is what you do when it doesn't work. Like, they don't know shit about computers. I love being able to just buy them an Xbox One and toss it at them, and they're good for five years. And I'm not constantly on the phone explaining shit about updating drivers. Like, they can't deal with this world because they're xbox fans this is the thing is that they're xbox kids and my little brother the xbox stan can't fucking figure out what the next gen xbox he's supposed to buy is he doesn't he's like the s and the x i don't quite know the difference and i don't really know if i need a new one like i don't know if i should get him a new one for christmas my immediate thought was oh when the new xbox came out i'll get him one like the following christmas because i'm not gonna like stress about finding one early but like you know in 2020 i'll pick him up one if it's you know easy to get at christmas time now i'm like why do I need to buy this? If you're telling me that everything is playable on the old Xbox I already have, or that I should just say fuck it and go on PC, if you're telling me, like, why am I spending money on a new Xbox when I could just spend money on a new graphics card for my PC? Like, who is this being marketed to? I think that it's a... it's. I think it's intentional because they don't want to be in the hardware business and they want to transfer it to just being like Xbox Game Pass is their service that you buy and it's basically PC and they're trying to get it on PlayStation 2 the hardball way like this by slowly just bleeding them dry until they... That's why I remember last week, Spencer, you were talking about how um, Phil Phil Spencer... (laughs) (laughs) That's my new favorite before and after. (laughs) Phil Spencer Marie sorry I love before and after that's my favorite one on Wheel of Fortune anyways it's a pun format you don't get to see in many other ways and they get really fun that was exciting for me but he was talking about how like oh it's not that it's not available on PlayStation it's that it's only available on things with Game Pass and it's like about Bethesda stuff right right? the Bethesda stuff and so it's like Wow, that almost seems like they're hinting to play hardball to get and and I'm worried because right now the Switch is not competing with Sony directly. You know, they've kind of tried to carve out their own niche and they've left Sony and Microsoft to fight amongst themselves. And we've already seen how fast the quality at Sony and the fucks at Sony disappear when they're on top. 
when they don't have competition, when they don't feel like they have to try. They markedly always produce shittier games and make worse decisions, and it's a worse time when Sony does not feel like they have competition. I don't think that's an argument. So the idea that Microsoft wants to exit the console space would leave Sony without direct competition, which is bad for all gamers. We got really great games, and we started seeing indies get national. Like, everybody had to start respecting indies when indies for Sony started really making a difference. Like, they really started highlighting their indie showcase. Xbox 360 Arcade came first, so you like that used to be the home for indies. But you could feel the tides turn when indies went from being 360 things to being tied to PlayStation more and having their big showcases at E3 and uh, being on the Vita. And when it felt like Sony was the one more home to indies, it's like where the indies go is where the... It's like an early sign of where the the fan base is headed, where the masses uh, heart where, where the who their masses heart lies is where the indie studios hearts lie with. You can, it's like if the indie studios trust them, everyone trusts them is kind of the vibe it almost feels like. And you can see now that it's starting to go the other way where like now because Switch is like, we're going to be the indie niche. Sony can't play that card anymore. And you've seen them kind of abandon a lot of indies. It's why the Evo News is exciting because it's like, oh, they're not going to abandon fighting games now that they don't feel like they need to pay for Street Fighter V. Like, today, would they pay for Street Fighter Six, or would they let that series die? I didn't know. Now, with this news, they'd probably pay for it, you know? But I literally couldn't tell anymore because they've fucked you to all the stuff that they were doing when they were winning. And that's why I always... It's not a matter of liking Sony or liking Xbox. It's a matter of it feels like all of the signs have been pointing from the beginning to the only explanation that makes sense is that Microsoft is trying to transition away from being a serious competitor in the console hardware specifically market. And that worries me. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that I like my deepest fear. um, I think that like We'll talk about it again more in the free play because it parallels with that. I think that a lot of times Microsoft's marketing choices get played off by a lot of the press and like people who follow it as just like marketing buzz speak. But they really have been driving home accessibility of games. And I think that means not only like accessibility for like the control the adaptive controller so that all kinds of people who could never play video games can play games i also think that means accessibility of games to markets that may not have been able to afford a console before right so like you see this with the iphone specifically like there's the iphone pro and then there's the iphone 12 and then there's the iphone mini is that what it is this year they changed the bottom cheaper model name like every time they put it out but it's like it's gotten very confusing but they uh, apple is the precursor to to microsoft's xbox naming conventions apple had a good thing going where it was like it's the it's it's a number it's a you know it's a new model and if it's got a letter at the end it's the next year's upgrade and then the next year it's a number and then the next year it's the ne- yeah. yeah and then and then it was like okay now it's a number and then the next year there's 
you know, two different, we're doing like a Pokemon thing where it's like a, a, a like kind of like you're saying, like a cheaper model and a more expensive model. And then we have the next flagship and then we have cheaper and more expensive. And I liked that. That wasn't bad. And the cheap colored plastic iPhones were cute as fuck. Yeah, the SE. Yeah, yeah that's the SE. Right. But then, the- you know, the iPhone. The one this is year is iPhone ridiculous. X? Yeah, the iPhone <laughs> X was the one that broke the name. It started it all. Yeah, this the one is now the my phone this year is the iPhone Pro 12 iPhone 12 Pro Max. It's just like can you you've got to I don't up. know what one is. I upgrade this year, which means this phone didn't come out last September. It came out the fall the previous September. So it's an iPhone 11 or an yes. iPhone 11 Pro. It is red. So it's an iPhone 11. Because yeah, they don't give you fun color. colors. They don't give you fun colors. That's what I say. It's always easy to not go for the expensive one for me because the expensive one never comes in fun colors. And if I can get a red phone, I'm getting a red phone. I had blue, which is the funnest color they came out That's with. my iPad. I do like that blue. But I, whenever I can get something, and I like the product red, but my BlackBerry Curve was this cherry product red. I just, I'm a sucker for it. I love it. Every so, time. Bring it back to Microsoft. I don't think that they're going to get out of the console business. I think that they want to make it their platform as easy but to get into so- as possible, right? Like, I think, that's my yes. problem. like, so what? The Xbox Series X is like two ninety nine, right? Right now, but I guess like my the, confusion yes, is the like S they've the they've S done such a confusing yeah. thing with the marketing that it's very hard to be approachable. Like, it's not very accessible figuring out what Xbox you're supposed to buy. And even if what they want to do is, a, like, having a cheap one and an expensive one, again, like, I like what Sony is doing and getting flack for where they're like, no, some things are just going to come out on PlayStation 5. And in a couple years, when you can get PlayStation 5s cheaper, uh, people who can't afford to get them at X point, like, obviously it sucks now where there's supply snafus for everything, but most of that is COVID-related. There's literally congressional inquiries about it i'm not blaming sony for something that's requiring a congressional inquiry like you know, but i like i've always thought that if you're gonna bother to to release new consoles you have to justify it and if you can't justify it wait on the new console like i've never understood the idea of releasing a new console and then having the attitude like oh you don't need to pick it up right now though because most of the stuff like everything that's coming out you can play on the thing you already have why then i don't want a new console i would just like you to keep that in a box until you have things that can't be played on my thing like for the that's rec- the problem sorry for the record there are xbox series x games that are not playable on the xbox one uh, like the most recent one i can think of is the medium but it, are they not playable on the xbox one x they're not playable on one x <laughs> they have to be a series x or a series s that was a, that was a serious question. Like I laughed I after that, but I I was pretty sure you couldn't. But I was like, but can you? Because yeah. that's my thing. Like, what's the point of the Xbox One X and marketing that at the same time as the Xbox One Series S? Well, they're like, not selling. Are they? Do they continue no, to they... sell the Xbox Series X? I think they discontinued it. it yeah, they discontinued it? it a year before they. No, they did. Ah, sorry. They discontinued it when they announced the Series X at the Game Awards. So if I wanted to buy an Xbox right now, the Xbox Series X and S are both sold out constantly like the PlayStation. And I can't buy an Xbox One X. Can I buy an S or a One? You will. Be, you would buy the One. Just the be, One. Just the One, because I believe the S also got discontinued. 
So this is what I'm talking about. Like, why? Why have the Xbox One still? And you can say it's like, oh, because some people can't afford to upgrade. And it's like, yeah, but that's what happens every generation is like not everybody can afford to buy a, a brand new, very expensive piece of technology when it comes out. That person's been me. Like, it sucks. It's not great. I don't have an issue to capitalism. Like, I don't have a solution to capitalism. That's that's what it's called. Like, some people can't afford expensive luxury items. Yes, I'm aware. But at the same time, if you're going to release this item, you have to justify its existence. And for video game consoles, it's its existence is because the other one is obsolete. You know? Because the games that we want to make cannot run on the old one is the justification for the new one. Right? Correct, yes. but you're but there is a like scalability in how like it's like super technical. So there's a scalability in how development at Xbox is working, right? And we're going to talk about this a lot with the insanity that is the Marvel PS5 upgrade saves. Um, they can do things because of how consistent they've been with their architecture that sony will never be able to do there's no like they they brought off the shelf parts for the xbox original xbox right like it was like here's this pentium process three processor we're gonna stick it in this console we're gonna make it work right like they didn't there was no emotion engine there was no cell processor right like yeah i get that it's an option essentially to like how because obviously there's there's a line where it's like well this game does run on our old generation but it could run better on the new one and that line kind of scales up and so sometimes you, you you get to not sometimes but you guess you essentially get to pick where you're like you know what we're gonna say here is where we're gonna be like this game's not coming to old stuff and playstation has drawn that line pretty early and xbox is trying to take their time to draw that line and it's just two different ways of going about it. And it looks like the public is responding better to Xbox's way. But it's the way that I personally don't like. <laughs> it's, just, like it's, it's just flat out a personal thing for me. Yeah. I don't like it when that happens. It's, I don't like drawing shit out. <laughs> you have to think of it more like a cell phone, right? Like Xbox is trying to make the X. Xbox is trying to make the Xbox like an iPhone, right? Like but That's you not don't... what I liked about consoles. That's, that's what I hate. That's what I fear. Is that yes? I don't want that. That is that is the things that I like about consoles is that they're very easy and simple, and you buy one box, and every game that has that shaped case and the little header at the top that that color, you can buy, and it runs on that device until you have to buy a new box. My mom can buy games for it. You know, anybody can yeah. understand what's compatible with it. It's very easy. But when you start getting into like, oh, well, this one only works on the Series X and you have a Series S. Like my mom, my mom literally bought my little brother when she got him a 360. She was like, oh, this one was like $100 cheaper for some reason. It's because it was the one with the four gigabyte hard drive. Yeah. So oh, I went God, out I and I bought my little brother an extended, like an external hard drive and I hooked it up. But I was like. 
mom, that's this. I had to, exp- I had to fucking teach my mom. This is why I've always been like mad at Xbox. Cause I did. Xbox made me teach my mom about hard drive space and how much size games usually take up. And this was when their 360 was new. So trying to explain to her now that a terabyte is not a lot of room and Call of Duty is more gigs than that external hard drive was. Like, she's never going to understand that. She's just going to be frustrated and mad at me for explaining it to her. Like, it's just, <laughs> I know it. I live it every time and i don't know why xbox does these things that, because they're like, software developers they look at developers. i mean it's really it really boils down to xbox is owned by microsoft microsoft is the either second i don't know what it is right now they're either the second largest company in the world or in the first largest software developing company in the world or they're the second one right like it's because like they think about it like i was watching the road to playstation 5 which is mark cerny's like tech talk about the playstation 5 coming out he agrees with you kaylee he agrees with you kaylee he believes that consoles are generational but then he goes on to say that he had to have a tour to talk to game developers to figure out what they wanted to make the xbox or to make the playstation 5 easier to develop for right Microsoft doesn't have to go out of their backyard to find out their developers are there making the choices. And so, like, I think that's what you're seeing. Like, it's something like Cerny was, like, very excited that it would take less than a month to get up and running on an X to get up and running on PlayStation. Like, that was very exciting to him. That was like, well, it'll only take a developer who's developed for a PlayStation 4 a month to figure out how to develop for a PlayStation 5 and it was like but like Xbox probably isn't like Xbox developers probably aren't having that right like it's probably very seamless in the way that like that transition for development to the next thing is right so like yeah I think we're it's going to get weird I don't understand is like you can have all that and that can all be true and Microsoft can still be like hey we're releasing this console uh when most of the games that we want to make to come out only run on this console you know, like i just i don't that's what i don't get like i all of that can be true and is true and is why sony's going to be like sony's problems with the ps3 being so fucking indecipherable had huge ramifications and lingering effects on the ps4 it got a bunch of docs for not having backwards compatibility compared to the Xbox One. Remember that? Because no one could yep. understand the PS3 architecture wasn't as easy to fit into a PS4 as the Xbox 360s was into the Xbox One. Like, that's exactly what you're talking about when it comes to, like, well, that's because, you know, the back-end devs developed both to do that seamlessly, whereas the PS3 was a clusterfuck. They basically had to throw out and start from scratch on the PS4, and you were basically asking to put two consoles into one box and make it small. I mean, the big thing about the PS4 is that it, it, it moved over to the same type of architecture that the Xbox did. Like, it's the first time that Sony moved over to the x86 architecture for, like its processor right which is basically like mm-hmm. the processor instructions that make the computer work right so um until then they had like it was like roll their own right like do whatever and like while reading about it this week the original emotion engine which was what <laughs> the ps2 ran off of didn't have developer documentation in any language but Japanese for the first six months it was out. Oh, shit. 
Yikes. I mean, it explains why <laughs> most of the games they launched on the PS3 were Japanese. Like, how do you, like, you're now trying to learn something that's completely different than what you had the, the, the system before in a language that isn't your native language that you have to be proficient enough in reading to be able to read technical documentation. And Sony was yep. like, that's not a problem. You'll do it because we're Sony. That's fine. And I just worry that. Yeah, I just. <coughs> Those things Sony can't change. Sony Sony is only going to realize the ramifications of Microsoft having such a head start, starting with the Xbox. Like the Xbox One, really. Not, it is. It's Xbox, the original OG, Xbox. Right? I was not one, but yeah, the, uh, the original Xbox generation transition to 360 versus the PS2 to PS3 transition. I don't think Sony realized how much that transition was going to fuck them over in the long t- like how much of an advantage that transition was going to be for Microsoft until like the like and then the PS3 to PS4 transition happened and then they realized oh fuck and then now you're two generations behind because now Microsoft's been having these seamless transitions since the original Xbox and they're on the 360 and now they're on the 1 and now they're on the Series X and S and it's just like they are constantly just building and have developers that have been working on just like it's like the equivalent of having developers that have been working on just like newer versions of Photoshop for like 20 years versus developers that are u- learning brand new um, proprietary software every single time they want to make a game. Absolutely. Because most devs, like most teams release, like most AAA teams, when we're talking about the big games that make or break generations, most AAA teams produce one maybe two games a generation when you think about it which means these are devs that since the ps2 because i don't know enough about the architecture transition between the ps1 and 2 that i was three but but since the ps2 to ps3 transition these you know square enix has been having to relearn how to make games on for for sony every generation whereas bungie who was there at the beginning rare who was there at the beginning, have been working with this console that has basically been getting, like, version updates for 20 years. And so you're seeing that very drastically. But that doesn't change the fact that the thing that I don't like about it is, like, if you're going to put out a console... Again, I don't care if you have three versions of that console and you have like the base tier, you have the fancy, more expensive one, and you have the economy one to trick moms into buying so then they have to buy all the stuff to make it actually usable. That's fine with me. But what bothers me is why the fuck are you still doing like what? Just if you've discontinued this, the Xbox One X and you've discontinued the Xbox One S, just fucking discontinue the Xbox One. Just, just do it. Like, I, but you, I feel obviously like we're you a can't year right now. That. But you can't because supply is way too fucked. That would right. just be cruel. Like, that's just genuinely mean. So but they didn't discontinue. But I just mean like shift your focus. Like the focus is not. I didn't know those other two were canceled because the focus has not been like if there are two skews in the current generation and one skew in the previous generation. You'd think that the the marketing xbox would have would be like two-thirds new generation one-third hey this is for everybody but it's not it is not at all i mean there's also like a a bit of chicken in this right like games take a long time to develop right so you want to get it out there 
early-ish so that, like, people can, like, start making games that, like, really fully use the power that you're giving them, right? So, like, because there's always this weird period where it's, like, games are kind of, like, whatever and don't feel the same. And then there's always that one game that comes out and everyone's, like, it's completely different, right? Like, a couple years down the, like, road. So you want to get it out there early enough to, like, do that. But also there's a game of chicken, right? Like, there was no way they were going to... There was no way Xbox was like, we're just going to let Sony have a PlayStation 5 out for six or seven months without and that's what something to, to respond yeah. to. Yeah. I'm right? glad you like, said that. And like, I feel like at the end of the day, the the biggest answer to wh- my question of the, like, that kind of started this with was like, why did the Xbox One Series X come out in November of 2020? And I think that the real answer for the most part is because the PlayStation 5 came out in 2020, you know? And it's just like... All, in my opinion, all dumb. the vice versa. And that's, that's the thing, because also vice versa. Right, Because, yeah. like, the PS5 as a console, I don't think launched complete. Neither of them had good launch games. Neither of them have supplies. It's not like they're making money. The X... They- <laughs> I think it's weird that the like and the PlayStation like completely redid their UI and didn't did not set did not ship a feature complete UI from the old version. Right? Yep. You're just like what yep. you blame it on the pandemic, guys. Just be like right. can't hey, pandemic, sorry. Like Right. Hey, both of us have come together in a moment of global solidarity. This Japanese company and American company have both decided that we're both delaying our launches a year. Both consoles are coming, you know, whatever their respective weeks in November were cuz one came out like 2 weeks earlier. Um in 2021. Just, but they wouldn't fucking do that. They both wanted to look like assholes. They slammed into each other, and now they're bleeding all over the place. Yeah. And I'm over here like, oh, look, a tooth! And I play bl- bug snacks. <laughs> oh my god, I just realized Bug Snacks is the only PS5 game I've played. Bug Snacks is the. I, on my PS5, I have played Bug Snacks. I have played Tales of Berseria, the PS4 game, and I have played oh. 700 hours of YouTube. I also remembered I played uh, the Astro game. That counts. <laughs> oh, yes. Actually, the Astrobot game that comes with the PS5 is very cute, and you should play it, and it will make you very happy. It is. I got that cute. platinum. Yeah. You spend one solid day with the PS5 playing PS5 exclusive content, and then you're just like, what's a PS4 game I never got around to playing that I all play now that I have a PS5? So I'm playing Tales of Berseria. It's very good. The protagonist's name is Velvet Crow. That's the coolest thing I've heard in my life. I can't believe that that all started because Microsoft is giving you all of EA's games for free on PC now. Which is the thing that they're doing. So because again, they they're doing a lot of cool consumer friendly things in terms of accessibility to games. Because Spencer, you're right. They they definitely have been focusing on accessibility in a variety of ways and formats and all the different expressions of that, which is cool. But it just drives me nuts when a console generation launches and then everyone's like, "But I mean, it's NBD. Like, call me when it really launches. <laughs> call me when I need an Xbox. Call me when I actually need to buy one." When I can actually buy one, and when I need to actually buy one, you clearly aren't ready to sell them. So why are you offering? I don't know. It's weird. That is actually going to wrap up our scrum, which 
you know, usually our scrum, we were like oh, 15 minutes, maybe in out. But this week was so newsy and it felt weird, you know, trying to have any kind of any kind of quality assurance without Jordan quality Jones Brewster. Don't tell them I told you his middle name. Fucking mad at me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but you know, it worked out because there's just oh so much happened this week. It's like everyone's trying to sweep, you know, I'm trying to sweep stuff in real quick. Like oh, it's March. Everyone's tired and hungover and cold. Let's all just throw it all out now. It's like how all of the like shitty horror movies that were too bad for October come out in February. I love those movies. You give me a late January horror movie, they're oh. always good. They're always so good. I don't care. It makes me so happy. The Uninvited came out in January. Love that movie. All right. That's going to transition us to our free play. Our not-so-free play this week because, oh, boy, they want us to buy a lot of games. Uh, Square Enix had an event this week. Uh, I did have a pretty good transition. Speaking of obscene amounts of games, for the record, that's pretty good. Uh <laughs> Uh, Square Enix had their own direct I wasn't allowed to call the Pokemon presentation a direct so now whenever I call something a direct I look at Spencer it's to me the video game equivalent of calling any controversy a gate you know just throw throw a direct at the end it's fair I don't think Square Enix cares but I always make sure I say it with Pokemon because they get very their PR people are very like it is not a direct it is a presentation and you're just like okay The alliteration is very important to us. Uh, But Square Enix had their own conference this week where they released uh, their own obscene amount of games. Square Enix presented (gasps) Forspoken. uh, I was about to say like four score. That was weird emphasis. Forspoken. No, it's just a dumb name. It just sounds wrong no matter how you say it because it's a bad name. It's not me. No. Forspoken. 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 Fuck. Spoken. Forspoken and Outriders challenge Project Triangle strategy for worst announced title of 2021. Forspoken. Forspoken. It's horrible. Black Panther in Marvel's Avengers. Hawkeye gets a facelift in Marvel's Avengers. New Life is Strange 3 plus remaster of the terrible first one and its validatingly awful prequel. Trilogy of the really good Tomb Raider games that keep getting cursed with release fuckery, getting definitive bundle set, and Lara gets to be a Fortnite. Project Hitman Sniper Assassins wins the award for most topological title of 2021. Just Cause Mobile is a thing. Space Invaders are getting the AR treatment. Balan Wonderland is nightmare fuel from the creator of Sonic. And some really niche stuff I refuse to summarize because it admits that someone cares about Bubble Bobble 4. All coming from Square Enix. This presentation did a really good job in that I didn't care about Outriders. I never really like paid attention to Outriders, but the one-two combo of the deep dive trailer voiced by the voice of Krom and the mm. fact that it's going to be free on Xbox Game Pass was like, all right, I'll play this game. It looks fine. I'm literally in the exact same boat. When I watched this presentation... <laughs> Everyone has a, cr- a crush on Krom. Bisexual icon. <laughs> when I watched this presentation... Like, I don't think anything that they announced, like, got me super excited. But knowing, I believe it was this presentation where they announced Outriders was coming to Game Pass day one. And that was, like, the most hype I got watching this presentation. Like, oh, 
I don't have to pay for this game because I pay for Game Pass. I'll play it day one, and I'm looking forward to playing it now. Whereas before, I didn't care much about Outriders. It's like a Destiny-esque type game, looter shooter. It makes between like Borderlands and Destiny, in my opinion. It's like, oh, I like these type of games, but I'm not really looking forward to delving deeper into those types of games at the, mo- at the moment. But if it's free, hey, why not? We're both. We're just gonna glance over for spoke for spoken, for spoken. Uh, for spoken looks cool. Written by Gary Witta. He's the head. Yeah, writer. this was the Project Did Athena he write game, the right? Title? Correct. It is correct to me. Or correct to her. Correct to Zyger. It is the Project Athena game. Okay. Project Athia. Athena. This is the Project Athena game. Project Athena is such a better title. That's what I was going to say. Project Athena, I was excited for. And I wasn't 100% sure if Forspoken was Project Athena or if I just confused that with another game. It is. It is. I mean, can Square Enix just start naming games before they show them to us? Like, Octopath Traveler. Like, just name your game, right? Like, just name your game. Because that was originally. Strategy. It was like, yeah, Project Octo Traveler was the name of that game. And then everyone was like. So it's just Octo Traveler, right? Right, and they were just like, "Yeah, I guess it's Octo Traveler now." And then, like, it's just no. Like, they were like, "No, no, no! It's Octo Path Traveler. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. different. It's just like, can you guys just like come up with a name before you tell us? You don't have to tell us fifteen years in advance, like you love to do, and you can come up with a name <laughs> before you do it. You don't have to tell us before you've even named it. Like that's how early Square Enix is announcing games. They're like, we don't know what it's going to be called. But um, we've got the same dude we've locked in a broom closet for the last 45 years. He scribbled out these four anime boys and this pair of titties. It's coming in three years. We'll see you then. Do they even make different anime boys? Because, like, let's be real. Like, right, three. The well, it's protagonist because is long hair guy and then it's old man. Because Cloud Please. really looks like Noctis. Right? Like, come on. But, but his hair is a different color. I'm just saying. But he really looks like Noctis. <laughs> Very different. Squall has brown hair, which is a third color. That is different than both. And he has a jacket. And a gun blade. Well, yeah. I mean, they all have a different weapon. But they could just... If, if Cloud picked up a gun blade and stopped... He dyed his hair his brown. Hair, would you, right? What would you do? And his hair. <laughs> He'd be Zack. He'd be Zack. We just invented Zack happens every time you try to make a video game but the hardest part about making a video game is not accidentally creating zach from final fantasy crisis core every time you try to make a character uh yeah no everything that came out on this list it's weird because usually square enix i get really like rpg horny when i hear about them but this is basically a collection of all of the things square enix does that i don't care about it's all their work <laughs> stuff. yeah Right, yeah. which, uh, which I didn't even realize was all the Western stuff at first, but I am hopeful because uh, the Tomb Raider games are getting a definitive remaster trilogy bundle game, and the two of the three, like the first one came out, it was a success, and then the next two got what I like to call Titanfall, and that's where the game was good, but somebody in charge of marketing for that game 
hated that game. So they did something terrible with it. Two and three were um, Xbox exclusives, timed exclusives. Timed the, exclusives. Yeah, for a really year. problem. Um, yeah. A really long time timed exclusive on the clearly less popular console fucked both those games because both times too when the playstation version inevitably came out it came out the same week as a bunch of actually new games on playstation and the choice between uh, even though it was new to playstation it is still to the collective consciousness a year-old game so yeah. it was play a year-old game or play a new game that comes out the same time. And so it just got lost to the media cycles. both Because I think they dropped in November. The PlayStation yeah, exclusivity. It was stupid. If I remember right, Rise of the Tomb Raider came out uh, either the same year as Uncharted 4. Or the same year as their DLC Lost Legacy. So it's like, oh, I can play a year old Tomb Raider. Or I can play a brand new Uncharted experience. Yep, that, I remember that fan. too. Yep. I'm seriously going to play Tomb Raider every time on that it's hard though but uh, me, you me personally, yeah, it's awesome. like yeah right like, but tomb raider is like the only video game my mom liked when i was a little kid so i grew up with tomb raider my mom played tetris and tomb raider that's it i don't know why it's bizarre i question it a lot but she owned a game boy just so she could play tetris and she loved any lara croft game i don't know so, but like, but for most people, Lara Croft lost. And so that's why I say like, it, they got Titanfalled. And I'm so hoping that this collection will come out. Like if it comes out this year, even that would kick ass. Cause this year's going to be a dry year. Yo, all these games you're waiting for going to get it? fucking delayed. Unless it comes out the same week Halo Infinite comes out. But <laughs> uh, It's out right now. Oh, did it, it came out? It just came out? Yeah, it's out? It, w- when they announced it, that was, that was like, oh, it's out now. You can get it now. Oh, I kind of hate that. If it's like yeah, a small okay. indie game, that can really help that small indie game blow up. But what happens with something like that, usually it's like it needs to come out at least like a month later. If you want it, it it's on sale too. It's nineteen ninety nine yeah. right now, and it's gonna go to fifty in two weeks from the date of that. So like in a week and a half. In a week and yeah, a half. I was gonna say Sunday, so. You have two more Sundays. Yeah, as I was gonna say right now, it up. like it, it, they they deserve to get a little bit more, like. Again, like the 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 mass consciousness, the the perception of the IP has come a long way since Triangle Boob uh, Lara's like kind of darkest, you know, Angel of Darkness period. But I still feel like her stock could be higher. Like that Tomb Raider movie that came out with the girl from Ex Machina. I didn't. I don't even know when it came out, but it came out. I don't know if it did good or bad. I don't remember anything about that movie. I remember hearing she got cast, and that was it. And then finding out it came out. Like, Lara Croft's stock should be higher, but they keep fumbling her IP's bag, and I don't get it. I don't know. That's what I have to say. Also, she's in Fortnite. Don't forget about that. Both versions of her on Fortnite. I do love that both versions of her on Fortnite. I have gone as Lara Croft for Halloween, but I've only ever gone as um, old school Lara Croft. Because that's the fun one. Lara was one of the early victims of, no, 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 we got rid of her boobs so you could take her seriously. (laughs) Which which always... She got Lola rapided. Which is my favorite thing as someone who can't do that in real life. Who just can't make my boobs go away. I'm sorry. I'd like to be taken seriously and have large breasts, but I guess I'll get surgery so I can be 
Independent. Isn't that Lola Bunny? She, the, no, we we had to remove her breasts so that you could take her seriously. Can't take a woman seriously with breasts all up in your face. Distracting. She's supposed you. to be playing basketball. How's she, she going to play basketball with those things? It's like, yeah, no. I hate playing sports. You're right. I'd hate sports even more if there wasn't a Lola Bunny when I was little being like, oh, look. You can be thick and dribble. It's fine. When also, the... the fucking Sorry. this Balan Wonderland game. Did you guys see this? This fever dream? This, like, Sonic Boom got a fucking, like, Hat in Time-esque spiritual successor. It looks like the uh, American, American McGee's Alice, but with, like, a magician and bunny. I don't know. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life, but I don't think it's intentional. I could be wrong, but I heard stories of the game's development not being necessarily a great story in that a lot of the devs were rushed and the final product might not be up to the standards that they want the game to release in. It's so the this... makers of the recent Sonic games. Like, yeah, it's, it's sad, too, because like the rumor is, is that it is the last uh chance for that studio yeah it it should i mean they've had a lot of chances but like yeah all of the character designs are sus and scary and i don't think in an intentional way yeah this game reminds me a lot of that knights game by sega yes oh my god yes imagine knights but um every modern no not modern like knights but uh phantom thieves like knights played a lot of persona 5 and it was like oh i can do that yeah it's a very it's a very weird aesthetic choice for a game and i hope it does well enough to keep that studio alive but right, i'm I, I bad being like that game's gonna do bad because i don't want any game to do bad maybe it'll have really good gameplay but it looks bizarre as shit the, I believe the demo is out now on Xbox and PS4, so you can play the demo of it. And I think on Switch. But yeah, no, this game... It is a game. I will say that. And that's the western half of Square Enix. Also, who who wants a Just Cause mobile game? I yeah. forgot Just Cause was a franchise. Just Cause is weird, because it's like... It's like Saints Row, but like half, because it's supposed to be like, oh, it's like a, a wink nod parody version of like uh, adventure games. And it's all about like exploding stuff and attaching, you know, and destruction and demolition and, and making things explode and, you know, Rockstar. But it's not it's mostly just played straight like it's mostly just like uncharted but you can blow stuff up so and by I that thought... i mean it's mostly just a really generic game where you it's like like early far cry like far cry one or two but you can explode stuff that's what i was saying i was like oh this is just like a more serious far cry but at the same time it's not serious right that's the thing is it's not super not serious but it's not it's definitely not 100 serious because you can like uh attach a 
car to a goat with a tether and then retract them to each other so that the goat explodes into the car. Like, you can do weird shit. Because um, it's, it's, it's like a sandbox of physics and destruction to a certain extent. So sometimes you mostly just kind of play around in it. But you can also have a very Far Cry-esque experience of, like, you know, there's, like, you're on an island and you have to, like, go to different outposts to liberate parts of the island and shit. And, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to translate to a mobile game, but Scranix has been doing a lot of different mobile games the past couple years, so. I will say that Just Cause always has, um lavish vip parties at like pax events and stuff i've had a very good time at multiple just cause parties so (laughs) i have a weird like and i guess this just shows that that shit works because i have a weird soft spot for just cause because i went to the just cause 3 launch party and they gave you like 3d glasses and like this weird contraption to like see these like little 3d boxes they had around of like you know action adventure shots and there was lots of free drinks and it was a very nice time i had a good time at that event uh and so you know whining and dining works you don't believe anything i say i can be bought (laughs) but with three drink tickets but (laughs) i don't know it's weird how do they get so much money to rent out the hard rock cafe like they're square enix yeah but like they're not a like Square Enix is giving it to a franchise they ain't exactly pulling in the dough. Like, are they really pulling in that much money? Just Cause is very is pretty popular, right? That, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm the like, first three, I believe. Yeah, I, don't I know have four. to imagine that the Just Cause fan base is made up a lot of people that buy like GTA, Madden, Call of Duty, maybe a Rainbow Six or like. A division, you know, like a random other shooter. Take your pick. Maybe Destiny. Maybe Halo. Take your pick. A different flavor. Mix it up in there. And that's it. Those are the games they play. Oh, I always think of them as the, like, it's like the Hitman guys. It's like the guys who, like, really want to get into the, like, Hitman thing. And they're like, now I'm going to go blow off Steam and play if I can just cause. Because I don't have to be, like, so super precise as I would be in They're like yin-yang. But they can, like, still chain things together and make things happen in that kind of, like, same. Oh, I like that, actually. As, like, the thing where it's like, you know what? I just want to go in guns blazing. And that's not what Hitman's about. So here's Dunn's cause. It's all guns and they're all blazing. Like, I like that, actually. That does make sense. Okay. Okay. I feel that. Yeah. I don't mind just cause. Uh, The last two actually really tickled my funny bone because there were two separate... Marvel's Avengers news piece, like, announcements. Uh, Black Panther is coming to the game. And Hawkeye just, like, got her, like, they changed him. They're like, his face is different now. He looks, he looks like this. He looks, he looks less like a doughy potato. He's like this, he's like a generic blonde action figure now. It's fine. It's whatever. It's harmless. I don't, I don't have any thoughts about it. I don't play this game. Uh but it just, I don't know, it was very funny to me where I was like, man, this game, like, they're still chipping away. You know, bless their hearts. This game came out, it kind of landed with a thud, and they were like, don't care. We're just going to keep dribbling out content, making little tweaks, trying our best. And it's interesting. Bless their hearts. Uh, yeah. Wakanda looks dope. It does look pretty. 
this showcase was also the showcase that's like, hey, also the Series X and PS5 versions you've been waiting for, they're here now. You can download them. Yeah, you can download them. And if you've been playing on PS4, you can even transfer your data over to PS5. Theoretically. Okay, how easy is that? All you have to do is update the game on PlayStation 4, go to the menu where there will be a new option for you to save your data, create a new data transfer save, go to your PlayStation 5, download the PlayStation 4 version of the game, log into the game, get your data transfer, pull it up, get transferred, then uh, open up the PlayStation 5 version, then bring your save into the PlayStation 5 version with the option to upload the save that you have pulled from the PlayStation 4 version. That's it. That's all I have to do. It's worked perfectly for everybody who's tried it. Yep. I haven't seen a single person complain about having lost their save data in any way because they deleted the PS4 version without thinking that they had to have that installed at the same time on the PS5. Yep. Or the other, um, I think it was Paul Tazi from Forbes, ran into a point where the Sony PSN cloud save server was down. So you couldn't pull your cloud, your save down from the cloud. He had to go manually boot it into his old PS4, which he was lucky enough to still have kicking around his house because he's a video game reviewer and he didn't have to like sell it to buy his new console or whatever. So he stuck it in there and had to do it on a USB stick from that and then stick that into his PS5. And then had a bunch of other problems that spawned from doing it through the USB stick and not through the broken cloud save server download file. It's 58 gigs of gigabytes you need for the PlayStation oh, 4 that you just Holy have to shit. have on your PS5 so that you can update your save. Jesus. Okay, but how does it work on Xbox? It works with smart smart delivery. Everybody's favorite maligned buzzword. It um it it as Steve Jobs likes to coin, coin the phrase, it just works. It but just not works. not just because it's like magic. Because like um Xbox spent a lot of time thinking about how to make that a process. Like uh, one of the Xbox developers who worked on um smart delivery had a thread on Twitter where she talked about how it works. And um, every game on the Microsoft Xbox store and Xbox live has a common identifier. So it doesn't matter what, like doesn't matter if it's digital or physical or a deluxe edition or whatever, like all of those SKUs have one common identifier and that represents the game in the store and locally on the console. So when you when your xbox one looks at it it's just like this is the same game when the xbox series x looks at it it's like this is the same game because they all have a common identifier that binds them together as the same game that they are basically right like yep so a lot of people have been comparing how 
Xbox smart delivery with save data works and how PS4 has been struggling with it. And Avengers isn't the first time this has happened. I know they've had not as many issues with uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, PS4 to PS5 save datas, as well as uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon save data from PS4 to the PS5 version. And a lot of developers are working around... You can't save from PS4, can you? You can, it's just that same annoying process like this, oh, and people are having issues. But yeah, so like other other people have been having issues, and other developers are finding ways around migrating the PS4 saves of PS5 games over. And I feel we're getting to a point now where developers will either have something in place like oh, what Bungie has with Destiny, and Rockstar has of GTA, or planning ahead because i know outriders i believe is already planning ahead on how you can migrate your ps4 over to your ps5 so you don't have to go through this whole debacle and that's a great thing for developers in my opinion we're getting to a point where developers are planning ahead and being able to properly develop their games with this future save data in mind outriders for example has i believe smartx has already said that they had things plan to make the migration of save files between the PS4 version and the PS5 version simpler to avoid the same problems that they've had with Marvel's Avengers. I'm trying to find the game that it is, but um, there is already a game out now that is like a loot game. Mortal, if anybody knows. It's Mortal something, and I can't think of what it is. It came out in like the like late summer last year. I'll put it in the show notes for what the actual game is but um they've come out and said that there is no transfer of the ps4 xbox series xbox one to xbox series x they you can upgrade your save and you just cannot upgrade your save for ps4 to ps5 it's you said it was immortals not phoenix rising the ubisoft game or no it's mortal it's like mortal something it's Mortal Shell is the game that it is. So it's Mortal a Shell. it's a kind of Souls like game. Oh, I actually I have heard about this game. I didn't realize that was like a cross gen game. Yeah, but you cannot. Okay. Well, I mean, it's half of a cross gen game. You can do it on Xbox. <laughs> you cannot do it on PlayStation Four. And I think this is going to be a common theme for us. Um, just imagine me as the Bernie Sanders meme. I'm. I am once again asking video games journalists to care about the subject matter that they they cover. Like this should be a bigger deal to the journalists in the industry because there are a lot of people who will be like, "Well, I can't play that, so I'm not going to play that game again. That game is dead to me. Like I can't get my save to transfer over. I have no idea how to get my save to transfer over." Like, we talk about, like, we talk about, like, the good things that Sony does for, like, like, we did in this one. We, like, they're giving all these free games away, which is awesome and, like, super consumer friendly. This save thing is super anti-consumer. Like, it's, like, you shouldn't, like when if they you were the ones are having as much problems Fortnite. as Paul Tassi, man who is paid to be a tech reporter... And he's having problems. People who just buy a PlayStation because it's the easy way to do something are going to have a nightmare. It's just going to yep. be a nightmare time for them. Like, they're just not going to, like, have fun. Or, like, 
And like people are like, well, it's only like what two or three years for the cross generation. That's not necessarily true because like there is going to be another generation coming. And if Sony like gets away, I guess is not like exactly. they keep if doing Sony it. doesn't yes. feel any criticism for this, they'll just continue to act like this. <laughs> it's the PS2 to PS3. It's the PS3 to PS4. They just have like they keep going, "Ah, we'll we'll fudge the the crossover and, you know, everything that was on the previous generation just kind of gets abandoned." But then like the new generation will get so good that it doesn't matter. And that's true. But like absolutely that, absolutely that, where it's like they they are just we are just starting to see the ramifications of them constantly doing this. We'll just get away with it at the end at every console transition by making their consoles so different from each other and so hard to get to communicate because there's a technically there's only a, a small window in its lifespan that they need to communicate that Sony's always yeah. been fuck it. But uh, calm, calm down. That's always always been fuck it, but still, it's just like, hey, like, Sony's constantly been able to get away with it because when PS1 to PS2, consoles weren't online and there was no concept of being able to, like, consoles communicating with each other like that, you know? That wasn't even a thought. And so PS2 to PS3, consoles were just starting to come online, and yeah, the PS2 sometimes had an internet port, depending on which one you had, but, like... It wasn't really a thing you'd assume you can pull. You know, you had memory cards, and so did the did the tank have a memory card slot on it? I don't think it had that, right? A PS2 memory card slot, like that would be the only way you could transfer information from a PS2 oh. to a PS3. Yeah, and I remember it had like that weird hidden flap with all the strange ports, but I don't remember if one of them was a PS2 memory port. I don't think it was, but just you know, that would have been the only way to do it. But it wasn't like a huge. People weren't expecting every PS3 to have a PS2 memory card slot in it. Um, but between PS3 and PS4 is when the expectation by then, you know, we had Google having everything on a cloud where your documents all bounce between everything and everything's email and and things like that to where you just expect no i've been working on this online game that's been online forever i'm gonna have another online experience just like put it in the cloud because you know just whatever put it in the cloud because everyone knows what cloud is so everyone's just like it's all the same cloud just put it in the cloud and then pull it out of the cloud why can't you just put my save file in the cloud and then give me access to the cloud People don't get that it's not the same cloud. <laughs> and clouds, some clouds are easier to merge into bigger clouds than others. Some little clouds are so complicated and cumbersome they don't communicate well with other clouds. We talked cloud about science. It, yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week, and Jordan brought up a really good point that Sony is a hardware company that makes software, and Microsoft is a software company that makes hardware, and like. I think it is useful to frame these things that Sony does. Like a lot of people want to act like it's not a priority. Like it's, oh, Sony doesn't have a priority to fix PSN or to get their cloud saves like fixed. It isn't, it isn't like that it's not a priority. It's that it like is a very hard problem that may not be solvable in their position in the market. Like, 
It's like the PSN name change where everyone for years was like, why can't they just do it? And it's like, no, you don't understand. The way that they decided to do it in the first place is cumbersome and stupid. And so they made it so that they can't just do it without fucking over all your trophies. Do you want them to just do it? Do you want them to just fuck over your trophies? Here is why the code is, if you change your name, your trophies will be gone. Yes, it is dumb. Yes, it is stupid. Yes, they would like to change that. No, they can't unless they fuck over your early trophies. And now, what does it come to? Sometimes you lose trophies if you change your PSN name. Like, that's just, they finally said, fuck it, fine. If you want to risk it, it's your risk. And maybe they could have done that earlier. But at the same time, the expectation wasn't let us take the risk. The expectation was snap your fingers and let us change our name because it should be easy. Well, and they and- were like, yeah, it should be, but it's not. <laughs> and I think it's hard because they get because their direct competition has like thoughtfully like planned out their like stuff and like thought of things that like they didn't think of that like it makes it look like well they're doing it so it's got to be easy yes, again exactly. i've said this before in this podcast microsoft is either the first or second largest software company in the world right microsoft does not have a problem attracting highly skilled engineers, especially in back end and lower level development. People want to work at Microsoft. That is where the fun, interesting new technology stuff is happening. Sony doesn't have that luxury. Like, not only are they a much smaller company with much smaller budgets, they're also working on really old. Like, you have to figure really old, like, frameworks and, like, technology. So, like, that limits who you can get to come work for you. And, like, like all companies have those, like, strengths and weakness. But, like, that is definitely Sony's, like, Achilles heel, right? Is that, like, they just have a abysmal, like, infrastructure for their for their store, for their cloud, and, like no seemingly like good way out of it yeah the only quote good way out is to start over brand new but if you do that then you lose everything you had before you lose all your ps4 ps5 uh, i mean but that's also like like that's also like acting like developers kind of aren't people that there isn't like a political animal also like in play with that like developers like our people who have like flick mark cerny has the philosophy the generation should end and that's part of why sony is in this position so there are all people all manners of developers up and down that developer chain who are like politically and emotionally invested in the way that things are done so like it's also like it's not just like it can also just be like snap that right it's like you've got to get a buy-in of like the entire development department and the company to be like yeah we're gonna spend lots of time lots of money lots and like maybe it'll be marginally better but like it could just be as bad because we make all kinds of other mistakes that we don't really know how to fix or solve later right Uh, it just feels like for me personally I gave them the mulligan with the PS3 to PS4 thing. And Zyger, you're right. At a certain point, you should do it, and you might lose things. And the time to do that was the PS3 to PS4 transfer. Yep. The PS4 to PS5 transfer should be much smoother. 
it and feels I understood worse. It. it feels worse. And I understood it with the PS3 because the PS3 architecture is so famously difficult and obtuse. It's so famously <laughs> and- difficult. Cerny calls it out in the beginning <laughs> of the road to PS5 tech talk he does. He's like, yeah, but when the PS3, it was like really bad and it caused a lot of heartache and was really hard to develop for. So we changed that with the PS4. And now we think we've done better with the PS5. And it's like, do you? Because- like The PS4 was the time where it's like, okay, you might lose all your PS3 trophies even. All of them. Fuck it. Like, we are switching to a server where you can change your PSN name, where you can do, where we're more open to cross-play, where things are, where we have all the advantages that the Xbox has, and it starts with PS4. PS4 is our Xbox One or our 360, whatever. You know, like, this is where we start planning for the future and realizing that that tra- transitional period is important and that backwards compatibility is, is a hot sell and things like that. And so this PS5 thing is touching me. Like, people feel more off guard transitioning PS3, PS4 than I do right now. Like, everyone else is already to the point of just expecting it so much that they're like, oh, that's so Sony. And I'm like, no, they had reasons before. I, I, I just, they had justified reasons. I gave them a pass. Now they're making me look stupid. Like, I think it's like, it's very strange also because I think that like, I think that because, again, a knock at the fellow games press in that like, I think because the Xbox UI wasn't different, people assumed it wasn't different and things weren't going on and so they were like yeah i guess it's fine whatever it looks the same and it kind of acts the same and like that's fine so like they they discounted microsoft's like improvements to the system because they weren't flashy new things that they could see but now like people are like super ticked with the ps5 ui right like it does all kinds of weird functionality that's like the exact opposite of the previous two generations right like there's just all kinds of weird choices they made that everyone was so like excited by the fact that it was like ooh, new and shiny and it looks like a new console so like therefore it has to be better than the one that doesn't look like a new console and it was just like yeah but is it fundamentally working correctly, right? Like, are is it, like, are there quality of life features that Sony is bringing into the new generation? And it doesn't feel like there's any. If anything, it feels like... In defense like of the PlayStation 5, the DualSense is my new favorite controller. Like, the Xbox exclusivity bums me out a lot and has me transitioning not to Xbox, but to playing a lot of games on PC because I want to play them with the DualSense. It's a great controller. It feels nice. I love using it. It makes me feel sad when I have to use other controllers. <laughs> it's just, It's got a good weight. It's got a good button placement. Everything feels really nice. I really love using the DualSense. So when I'm, pl- like, when I'm playing Tales of Berseria, I feel like I'm playing, because it's, it's really because I'm holding the PS5 controller and playing on PS5, and I didn't play it on PS4. And there's no load times, which I guess it had long load times on PS4, so I am playing a better experience, because there are no load times. So that is nice that I'm not playing like that game. I'm playing an enhanced version of that game. Um, I do feel next gen when I'm holding this really nice controller and I'm like, this is so much better than if I was playing this on PS4. Uh, 
So I do feel that. Like, it does feel next-gen in those ways. But when you're actually using the PlayStation 5 UI in any capacity, it's worse than the fucking Blades from the 360 uh, era. It's just not... Those cards, those cards bother me more. I liked the Blades a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. The cards are so infuriating. One is always a Fortnite ad, and between one and five are random bronze trophies I'm nowhere near accomplishing, I think, because it's not even like it shows you how close you are to completing the bronze trophy. It just shows, you know, here's a random trophy you haven't gotten yet. And then you have to scroll to get to the actual quick menu of being able to, like, turn the console off or go to the home menu or switch um, who's in control of the PlayStation or whatever. It's it's ridiculous. I think the biggest thing that doesn't get talked about is you can't take your save backwards. Oh, I didn't realize that was the case. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't expect you to. Because on... Smart delivery, you can. can, Yeah. Well, see, for me, I think of it as like PS1 to PS2, where you can play it. Like, if you took a PS1 disc and you put it in a PS2, or you took a PS1 controller and you plugged it into a PS2, it would work. But obviously, it wouldn't make sense to go the other way because the new things have technology in them that the old things don't know how to handle. Right. So I would never think to go backwards. But I would. But on a game. Yeah, but on a game that's coming from the old console going to the new console, you would think you would be able to take that same save and go back to the old console. Because, like, people had brought up, I was, there's a huge reset era thread about Paul Tassi's article and, like, Kotaku's article also had one where they're just like, I guess we kind of blew it on smart delivery because we all thought it was marketing buzz and it actually was, like, something that's seeming to be, like, useful and um because but in the reset era there's several people who were like my kids have the xbox one in their room now i have the xbox series x but none of us have to think about even like doing anything because everything like it just picks it intelligently picks which version of the game and what save that would go with that that it uses that's cool yeah so it's like yeah, that's... I mean, and again, that makes sense if your entire thing is that there's no difference in the generations. But again, for me, who I guess I guess I'm more of a Cerny, where I'm like, well, I just don't... I don't ever think in terms of a generation going backwards. Like, I never hold the lack of backwards compatibility into PlayStation either. I'm always like, that's a nice bonus. It's always bonus points. I always give it to Xbox, but I never go, Sony, how come you don't have backwards compatibility? Because I'm like, unless the console's fucking perfect... I don't want an ounce of time devoted to backwards compatibility, like physical backwards compatibility that could be going into making the fucking console better. And then like getting an emulated software where you have like the, um, the Nintendo, it doesn't exist anymore. The eShop, like the Nintendo oh. eShop where it had the virtual console. That's what virtual I'm trying to think console, Virtual yeah. console. Yeah. I, I think game preservation is important. But I think game preservation is important in a we should all have we should have virtual consoles that you can have virtual versions of those games. I don't believe that a PlayStation Five should be able to play PlayStation Two games if you have a PlayStation Two disc still. I I just don't believe that. And I've seen people get upset that it's like it's ridiculous because I could put my 360 disc in a one and it'll work somehow or whatever. And I'm like, that's cool. That's really awesome. Very happy for you. I don't expect that out of a console. It's very cool that Xbox, and it's kind of back what you were saying before, Spencer, where it's like, well, Xbox, well, this one's doing it, so why don't you? And it's like, yes, great. 
I don't know. Are you really playing PlayStation 1 games that often on your PS5 that that's where the development time and costs needed to go into? I had to pay 50 more dollars so that you could do that because you don't want to play the emulated version because they censored, like, the boobs of the child. You know, it's just... Yeah. One know. thing to, like, note with, like, backwards compatibility stuff and, like, game preservation... On Xbox's side, it was more or less an accident that it worked out the way it has. Because, obviously, if you're either Xbox or Sony, you aren't, uh, during the Xbox original Xbox and PS2 generation, you weren't planning on future generations to be able to play these games. When it came to the Xbox One, and they were looking at backwards compatibility for 360, they realized, like, oh, we could get this to work. We just gotta do this, this, and this real quick. It'll cost this much, but if we can do it, it'll work. They did it, and then they realized, like, oh, this also works on original Xbox games. They didn't plan for it to work. It just so happened that they could make it work. So they got a team together. They had that whole initiative, and they made it work, and they presented it to the world. It's like, hey, And that's what happens when you're a software company that happens exactly. to go into the hardware market. <laughs> so, yeah, which is awesome and a bonus, and I'm glad it happens, and I do give them points for that. But that's different than giving negative points to the other side for not doing that. And I think that that's a really specific nuance that might be, like, you might be like completely well, agree. Like, it might be such a stupid nuance for, like, well, why even bring it up? But that that is, I guess, how I feel. Um, and so it's interesting because, yeah, I, I do think that it should be easier during the transition to move border stuff or like games of service like Destiny that you're or like Overwatch where you're supposed to be playing that game 10 years from now, the same fucking save file. Uh, those things, I think, should always be kept in mind to be transferred. Aside from that, and especially in terms of like going backwards like that, I get how in that scenario it's cool, but... It's not what I think of when I think of, like, generational gaps in consoles. I think that the generational gap is marked by the inability to go backwards. And now I'm going to close the show here, where the show ends. You can follow me at Quirk of Art XD on social media or hang out with me at Quirk of Art on Twitch. Spencer, where can we hang out with you? Uh, you can hang out with me uh, at Miss Nintendeek64 on Twitch. Um, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok at the same name, Miss Nintendeek64. And yeah, that's me. And Zyger? You can find me on literally any platform at Zyger1337, spelled with an X like an Xbox. No, you don't get to say Xbox anymore. No, Jordan gave that one to you. You didn't think of, of it yourself, and you don't deserve it. You have to think of your own nail that's better than Xbox. That's the problem that you give to yourself. X-Files. So, I'll give you X-Files. That's pretty good, actually. I'm pretty impressed. I thought you were going to go X-Men, but I'm going to give you X-Files, actually. I'll let you off the hook. All right. This is going to do it for the week six patch rollout. Subscribe to future patches on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the weekly patch at The Weekly Patch on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Or join the QA process on our Discord server. Comments, questions, bug reports? Send them to us at hello at theweeklypatch.com. Links to all of these and more in the episode patch notes below. Week 6 patch complete.
Yes. Well done. You made it.